This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. <laughs> Look out, here we go. Stand by, it's only me, it's only the Kimmer. With Pete Davis, sidekick producer and sports raconteur extraordinaire, and the mechanical mangler at the controls, we call him Flounder. We're taking no prisoners today. You're going to hear one of the great sound bites I've ever heard from a girl about this rape business. Also, uh, we're endeavoring to get, if you missed it earlier, on uh, Stephen A. Smith also had some very good comments uh, talking to Travis, or to Clay Travis and the boys. And it, uh, another indication that maybe uh, Amer- even the liberal part of America is kind of getting a little awakened to what's going on in this world. Anyway, we'll get all this stuff. Also, some uh, I think they're really going way too far with trying to find a story about uh, D- Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey on now nicknames and people reacting, oh, my God. Anyway, it's kind of just weird stuff. Stuff going on here today. Um, there's testimony right now about kids saying they're being discriminated against on college campuses. We got a billion things going. On. I got a whole bunch of stuff in sports to talk about, and we have uh, Pete Davis of the Mountains of Macon. What's going on with you today, sir? What's new? Have you been good this year, Kimmer? You know, I've not. I've not. I'm not good. I get nothing. Uh, I'm. I'm sure. I just. It's not. I'm a. I'm a. Not. I got no. I've, I have not. <laughs> no. Well, you don't have to worry because you're not a child anymore. But uh, tonight yes. is Krampus night. Oh, now I've heard of this, but I forgot what it was. Krampus night. So in some parts of the world, Santa Claus comes around tonight and hands out good little gifts to the good little boys and girls. But he has an assistant called Krampus, who is a half goat, half demon, who comes around and beats the bad children with sticks, puts them in chains, and then throws them into a sack and takes them away, and they're never seen again. Oh, my. So uh, so parents tell this to their children when they go to bed, do they? (laughs) Right. Uh, In the United States, we call uh, Krampus the FBI. Yeah, the Federal Gestapo of Investigation, yes. (laughs) Because they make people disappear all the time. Yes, yes. Oh, I'll be damned. <laughs> and where did this originate? Is this like a German thing? It sounds like a like a Polish-German thing or something, you know? It's an Austrian, Eastern Austrian, European, yeah. Uh, yeah. Scandinavian type thing. The Netherlands has something. The Netherlands has something called Black Pete, who is a guy I remember. who in blackface yeah. and goes around. Yeah, it's some of the weirdest. And by the way, you know, even the original Grimm's fairy tales are brutal. I mean, you know, you know, people are having their eyes ripped out. And isn't the original like the Wicked Witch? I mean, she like burn people. I mean, who? It's just horrible. <laughs> They're eating their... Uh, they, they, it's the original witch got stuck and then got burned alive from her feet up or something. I forgot. Oh, I, I think... <laughs> In their version, she actually eats Hansel and Gretel with some fava beans and a nice candy. Nice candy, which he mispronounced. It's not candy. I guess probably it is somewhere. Anyway. Are you going to tell him he mispronounced it? <laughs> yeah. And Flounder, how's it going in there, Mr. Uh, Darkness in the Room? Uh, a very exciting day today so far. All is well, yeah. Uh, Busy day. Uh, I got a text from Flounder this morning. Actually, I was on the way uh, and uh, this morning, and I work at home for you know for a while, and I have several hours, and then I come in, and I, I get the text, and Flounder says... Uh, uh, 
We had a power outage, and uh, the parking deck's going to be blocked, so uh, you're going to have to park on the, and I'm going, oh, God, there's no way <laughs> that you can find a parking spot at the battery just driving around. I mean, you can, in fact, isn't everything blocked? Don't you have to have some special, uh, 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 you can't even park on the street, can you, or can you? On you can. I mean, you, you, you can. It's just you have to pay. You'll ne- yeah, but you also never find a spot. I mean, uh, in the morning, you can. Believe it or not, really? Yeah. And, and now, and how do you, who do you pay? Is it like one of those automatic things mm-hmm. with a meter? That it's a meter, and, and I believe card? it's probably app based. Oh my God! See, see, there. You, I, I mean, I'd be I, and honestly. When he texted, I said, "Oh God, there's no way I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be driving around for two hours." It was funny. To this must have been a month or so ago. Cam Newton lives in Atlanta. He's the foot, he's the former yeah, quarterback yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Panthers. Yeah. And I saw him. He had a Tesla out front, and he had a ticket. Oh, he I, pay, are you he serious? Yeah, he didn't pay the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't. I've seen you know the little cops on scooters. They don't not mess around. They don't mess around anyway. So I'm going all crap. So my ride in was you know filled with anxiety. And of course, when I got here, thank God they realized. Well, if the power out, it was a power outage. What happened? And there's construction all over the place in here. And in fact, the, the place we normally turn in to come to the parking lot is blocked off because they're doing all kinds of power stuff. And today, two different power outages. Anyway, so this morning, uh, Flounder texted me on the way and said, "There's first he said there's power outage, and so the garages uh, won't work, and so you're gonna have to." park on the street or in one of those spaces and I'm like, oh crap. And then a few minutes later said, oh, uh, and you're probably going to have to walk up to four flights because the elevator's not working either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, right, that's it. You know, <laughs> what kind of operation? And again, and, and so that was fine. Actually, I got here and the elevator's working. So, you know, everything's no big deal. But then, about an hour ago, all of a sudden, boom, lights out. In fact, I was talking to Pete. I thought, was I talking to you on, uh, at the time? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, bam! Yeah. Total blackness. Everything went to court, and then court, you have to. Re, I have to get two people to reboot the computer and the time clock and the TV. I mean, it's just that you know. Anyway, there. If this may happen again. If it happens again, we we go dead because it just cuts everything is gone. Uh, so just to warn you in advance, if we just stop talking, it's because the uh, the construction crews and I don't know what they're doing. Well, but they've been, been here. It, for, it, it's happened three times today where the the power has been cut off, but obviously we have a backup system to yeah. where. The radio doesn't die. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. Because yeah. the, so the, the lights in here went out, dead. But you still, we're still broadcasting. Oh, the, oh, well, that's good. I was going to say that'd be, that'd be pretty bad if we could. Yeah, dead air is not good. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, so, okay. That's just kind of a, all right. 309, uh, Kim Repeat and Flounder. We love phone calls. Here's our number 404 741 1230. 741 1230. And uh, we got newsy stuff. In fact, we're going to start with something really weird that's really of, of offensive to me as a father of daughters. And we'll get to that in a second. First, a couple of quick updates. Oh, by the way, I thought about this, and I got—I know this is none of my business, and I'm not, I, I can't say it on the air for two reasons. I have a great idea for Flounder to give for a Miss Veronica for Christmas. I have, I have a great idea for a sentimental, meaningful, small, unforgettable moment of a small gift for her that she would probably treasure forever and put in her hope chest. What is that? Oh, I Flounder, can't say it run, on the air. Run right yeah, now. I, I, if I say it on the air, she might be listening, and then it would blow everything, and then she'd say, oh, well, Kimber, that, that, that. But I have a, Now, I can tell you if you want, because you probably won't do it. Don't listen. In fact, I know you're not going to do it, because you're not that kind of... You don't you, don't I, listen. I, I, <laughs> moving along, right along. <laughs> well, if you want, I'll tell you, I, I, really, I think, it's a, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's something that I, I now I, and again, you know, I'm just a go. I, I was born the wrong time, and I'm, I'm I'm a total I'm a complete idiot about things about you know dating and love and romance and and, and you that's know. not yeah. like I'm bad We've with seen, that stuff. I know, unfortunately. I, but I'm trying. But I'm trying. I have an idea that would that would. I oh, guarantee you, she would say, "Oh my God, what a, a house sweet," and she would never forget it. 
Okay. I'll talk to you off Dur- there. During the break, I'll, I'll give you an idea. And you may think it's silly. And, and do that- the exact opposite. <laughs> oh, shut up. You might. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I really do. I think. It- well, speaking of that, I did, I did go to the store that had, uh, that had my gift ideas that I wanted to get the last thing. So I, can get, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost done with my Christmas shopping, actually. I, I may be able to get it done tomorrow morning. Um, and they had, I, took, I got the last four things that I wanted. And they were the last ones in the store. Uh, and I said, well, now, do you normally have more of a different? She says, no, no, that's going to be it. And I said, well, do you, are you going to get more? No, no, that's it. Nobody has inventory. You're, if you get something and it's there, you're lucky. And if it's not, then otherwise you go on the web. You just, you have to, everything's got to be like that. And so, so I, you know, I, anyway, I, I drove around. I did it in person, which I really liked, the old-fashioned ways. And I got what I wanted, although I, I wish I had one more. I was looking for one more, but I didn't get it. Anyway, uh, let's see. 311, 311. Um, all right, let's, let's start with this um, story, which, and then we got a whole bunch of things to go. And I can't wait to get to the soundbite, which we will play for you shortly, of a woman who, I looked her, I looked her up. She is the... Uh, deputy opinion editor of Newsweek and a former uh, uh, well-known Jewish activist and opinion writer. And wait to hear what she says about the liberals abandoning rape victims. Whatever happened to the you know, whole deal? But first of all, check this out. In Colorado, Jefferson County School Board, public schools, an 11-year-old girl was assigned to go to a cross-country school trip and uh, let me see. What happened was they, uh, the, it was a school trip. Their daughter, uh, their, uh, the family is the Wayleses. Their daughter, who is in the fifth grade, 11 years old, uh, went to a, uh, a sponsored trip for the school district to Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. this past June. The school system said, uh, told the parents that the boys and girls on the trip would be roomed on different floors, and chaperones told the students boys would not even be allowed to visit the girls' floor, and vice versa. Uh, a couple of parents went on the trip, although not as chaperones, but one told the story of their, the Wales family of their 11-year-old daughter, identified by the letters DW for the purposes of this story. She was in a room assigned with three other students. Two of the students were girls. The third student was a boy who identifies as a girl, identified by the, by the nickname Kem, K-E-M letters, Kem, okay? So we got the girl, D.W., 11-year-old girl, and she was assigned to share a bed with one of the other girls who was actually a boy. He was identified as a girl and uh, went to a different school. They were told they would share a bed. The students were in the room together. The boy girls revealed to the girls, I'm actually a boy. He was, now they were not aware of that before the trip. He looked like a girl. He wore girls' clothing, had, clothing, had long hair. And again, he wasn't even f- from the school. Uh, so the girl, the, the girl DW, the 11-year-old girl, sneaked into the bathroom and called her mother. And then went downstairs and met her mother in the lobby to talk about the whole thing. Uh, she, her mother says her daughter was terrified. The idea of sharing a bed with a boy who dressed like a girl even though he was a freaking boy. I mean, somebody, she, she, the, she, she was very upset. 11 years old. Think about that. You have an 11-year-old daughter, and she's told she's got to share a bed with a boy who likes to pretend he's a girl. How can you put a kid in that kind of position? And the school system, guess what? They're saying, you know, girls on one floor, boys on the other. However... However, it turns out that the school district said 
Uh, chaperones agreed finally to move the male student. Uh, the privacy feelings were always a primary concern of the boy girl and not of the girls. Uh, they disregarded the privacy and uh, the parents' rights. They silenced the kids, told them not to talk about this to your parents either. This is outrageous. Public schools in Colorado, my friends. 11-year-old girl told to share a bed with a boy on a school trip. <laughs> 314. Anything wrong with that? You can repeat and flounder. Holy smokes. You know, I just, uh, wow, I just, I'm having a real thing here. Music, you know, I, I, I talk about you guys. You guys know more about music than any two guys I've ever known in my life. I mean, you, it's like you read freaking history books of every band who's ever freaking played a song. It's the damnedest thing I ever saw. You can name every member of every band in the last 40 years and where they came from and where they were born. It's the damnedest thing I ever saw. And all I do, I, I, I have a total nothing but emotional co- uh, connection. That's to, what music is supposed to, to do. Music. And, and, that's, and, and that's all I, that's what I am. And the Moody Blues, uh, earlier this year, a Moody Blues song would send me into the most horrible places because of the thing that was going to thing there. And now I've, I've got my, I've got my uh, Fleetwood Mac and my uh, sweet Miss Christine calling me baby every day, totally changing the world. And as I hear Moody Blues, I'm thinking about how things change emotionally based on music that, that really gets you, you know, really means something. Uh, and I, I, I made, I don't know whether it's my age group maybe has more of a feeling for that. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't figure it out, but it really, but I can tell you, I just love being affected by the sounds and the notes and the harmony and the, and, the and chord the words, change the chords, that just goes from somewhere to somewhere it. else. It's great. Everything about it. And the uh, uh, Flounder's playing the Moody Blues because uh, Pete just sent us a message a few minutes ago that, that uh, one of the Moody Blues and uh, um, uh, and uh, the Wings uh, singers, Denny Lane, has just passed away at the age of 79. He had lung disease, and his wife said that she was there holding his hand and playing his favorite Christmas songs when he passed away. Uh, Denny Lane, 79, Moody Blues and uh, Wings. And, um, I, uh, you know, 79. <laughs> That's uh, a little close for the cover. <laughs> I just 79 crap. But, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I think he probably did a little more drugs than you did. Well, he, it was lung disease, they say, which may be the drug. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, anyway. Well, uh, it wears your body down after a while. Uh, yeah, I suppose. That. But yeah. he, was, he was, it was Linda and he were the wings for Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, so uh, uh, and uh, rest in peace. And uh, his wife is there holding his hand. And I think that's probably as sweet as it gets. Uh, a quick um, uh, birthday, uh, Frankie Moon- Muniz. Muniz, Muniz, Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle is 38 years old. And did you know he's a NASCAR driver now? He apparently, yeah, he's a driver. Yeah, he's, uh, he's and he's set for the 24 season coming up, apparently, I heard uh, today. Uh, his birthday, and he's uh, 38 years old, Malcolm in the middle. And a uh, quick uh, history note here. On this day, 1945, five Navy Avenger torpedo bombers, flight number 19, take off from Fort Lauderdale Naval Air Station for a three-hour training mission. 
They were supposed to go east for 120 miles, north for 73, and then back to the base. They never returned. Thus became the Bermuda Triangle on this day in 1945, causing instrument reading malfunctions, compass and radio issues. And I have they now, do I remember that they may have solved the issue or well, some people really don't think it was really, I mean, how do you explain my planes had disappeared? Yeah. They sent off another plane to search for him, and the other plane disappeared as well, which is a weird thing for me, because anyone can get lost if they're, lead if they're following a leader. I'm That's sorry, right. I'm sneezing. Right? I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm Someone call 911, Stan. <laughs> I'm so, no, I'm sneezing. I mean, I'm sniffing and sneezing and noses running, I mean, constantly uh, for this time of year. It's Where just are the battles? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, uh, so, the, but, but I, you know, have to, I, I don't know how you explain it. The planes disappear, and they say because of the, something in the atmosphere well, messes up their controls, and then what, they dive into the ocean? I mean, I still don't get it, what, what, why it would cause the engines to not work. I don't know. The last one I saw, they, they say the guy who was leading them really wasn't good at what he was doing and had gotten lost before yeah. and that he may have led them further out to sea. But then uh, uh, the last thing I saw was he thinks they think they came back on over land and crashed somewhere in the um, Everglades. Yeah, and I think that's I, why they haven't found the uh, the planes. Well, is that they the disappeared Mal in the swamp. Yeah. Is that the Malaysia Airlines Flight 370? No, no, that's a whole different deal. That's no, the one no, that, no, no. That's the one no, that pretty much just disappeared. disappeared. Yeah, I think, did they find a nose cone or a wing? or They found a part of an engine or a wing or something, I think, somewhere in Bimini. Something or floating somewhere, yeah. yeah. Anyway, wow, 325, let's call it with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Here's the number, 404-741-1230-741-1230. Let's see, got so I tell you what, let's um, um, a couple of quick things. Man, we got so much to do and so many different places and topics to go to. I'll tell you what, let me save that with the father thing and the Stephen A. Smith here in a minute. First of all, a couple of quick things, and I want to play the soundbite of this lady that was so freaking impressive. And ladies, girls, 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 you need to pay attention to what's coming up here in a minute because this is, I mean, this is freaking outrageous. And I'm the father of daughters and uh, include, and, and off, well, anyway, it was kind of about uh, vengeance for rape victims is something I'm familiar with as well myself too, but that's an issue coming up in a second. First of all, the federal Gestapo investigation, oh, I'm sorry, it's the FGI director, uh, Christopher, the Cossack uh, suspected Russian double agent Ray, the director of the federal Gestapo investigation, is lying again to Congress, once again, with Lindsey Graham's group. Uh, he testified today about the terror threat in the United States is unprecedented levels since the attack on Israel. Uh, I think he was uh, blaming mostly MAGA supporters and white men and Christians who go to school board meetings. Uh, the uh, the uh, director of the federal Gestapo investigation said he's still trying to find a way to put something in the Kimmer's car trunk so I can be arrested. Oh, no, that was, off the, that was off the record. He said that to a side to his agents. Um, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham asked him, uh, he said, so what's the deal on the uh, threat matrix here, my friend? Uh, uh, so we got blinking lights, do we, or something going on about 9-11 or something compared to 9-11? He says, what I would say is unique about the environment we're in right now this is the the, the uh, confirmed perjurer, uh, uh, the Cossack, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, Ray. He says, I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated at all the exact same time. So Lindsay said, so blinking red lights analogy about 9-11. Are the lights all blinking red before 9-11? Apparently, obviously all of us missed it. Would you say there's multiple blinking red lights out there, said Lindsey Graham. And uh, the director of the federal Gestapo investigation said, I see blinking red lights everywhere. 
He said when Hamas terrorists brutally murdered those Israelis, a veritable rogues gallery of foreign terrorists has called for attacks against the U.S. The threat level has gone to a whole nother level since October 11. Uh, Director Ray then said, gee, i got to go on vacation with a private jet to some island someplace, so I really can't talk to you guys anymore because I'm not going to tell any more about the January 6th uh, investigation business, which we were responsible for anyway. <clears throat> so he went on to say several other things, which we'll get to later. Now... 327, before we get to the thing, let me get this real quick. Israel's thinking, now they're still, they're fighting now, the Hamas business. Israel's thinking about flooding 800 of the tunnels that are underneath the uh, uh, Gaza Strip. 800 tunnels used by the terrorists for all their assemblies and, uh, you know, well, what you use the tunnel for. But apparently they also have hostages down there. Israel's thinking they've already assembled five pumps, which will draw seawater from the Mediterranean Sea to flush out the tunnels. Uh, 800 tunnels. Each pump has a power to move thousands of cubic meters of water per hour. The problem is they don't know who's down there, whether all the hostages are down there. And what what it would do to the geography of the land, whether it would just sink everything and get rid of all the uh, drinkable water. I mean, it may just it may just sink the whole damn thing into the so, ocean. I mean, you know, so what? Yeah, that's a terrible problem. Uh, anyway, uh, sounds like a heartbreaker. Uh, now, okay, Hamas and rape. Holy cow! Listen to this, lady. Listen to this now. I'm sorry. If you would like to, <laughs> this woman is named. No, listen. <laughs> listen up, damn it. Her name is Batya Unger Sargon, and she is the deputy opinion editor of New opinion editor of Newsweek. Listen to what she says about what's not happening or should be happening in America and the world right now. I want to make sure your audience understands what we just witnessed with Pramila Jayapal's interview because it is part of a, it's a microcosm of something much, much larger, which is this, Leland. The same people who for six years have told us that every man who flirts with a co-worker should be chased out of public life. The same people who replaced due process with believe all women. These same people and organizations, when presented with evidence of the mass rape of Israeli women, suddenly turned around and said, we need more context. We need more evidence. Who's to say? They took their standard of believe all women and flipped it on a dime to don't even believe the men who are bragging about mass rapes the minute the victims were Jews. Don't even believe the men who were bragging about it. That's one of the... I mean, if, if you can't put a more cogent sentence together about what's happening in America right now... And by the way, ladies, I mean, I'm talking to you liberals, particularly if you're still... You're probably not listening to me now anyway. How can you vote for Democrats? How can you do that? How can you vote for those people? Don't you have any freaking sense of standards? Don't you have any, I mean, my, any damn character? Do the right thing, my God. How come the place isn't exploding? And it's unbelievable. Tom, I mean, they don't even believe the men all of a sudden. You've got to ban those people. Those people do not deserve to be in your neighborhood. They don't deserve for you to talk to them. Shun them. Block them. What's the matter with you? I'm a guy saying this. Where the hell are the women saying it? God, shit, 3.30 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder, man. It's unbelievable. How's it going? Everything's all right. Uh, 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 Tuesday, what's up? It's Tuesday, right? Is this Tuesday? I hate Tuesday. I don't know why. I just, uh, I don't know. 
Tuesday. It's the armpit of the week. It's, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of the bad day of the week, I guess probably. Uh, Three thirty-five. Although, what am I complaining about? I'm sitting here in a warm studio and talking to you guys. What the hell? Anyway, we I, I love phone calls. If you want. And by the way, ladies, could you? Is there? I mean, I don't know whether American women even care at all about. Is anybody even paying attention? Is this not a thing? Hey, we'll talk about it in a second. I'm sorry, I'm talking over the song. David Bowie on this day in 2016 uh, was going to have a statue of David Bowie set up in the town where he first performed as Ziggy Stardust. It was a result of a successful crowdfunding campaign. 650 people pledged sums totaling more than uh, 100,000 pounds. What's that, like $120,000 maybe? Uh, the statue would be put up in Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire. <laughs> I love the way they put, you know, and most of their most of their ending, uh, what do you call the the, uh, um, the last segment of a of a of a word, Pete? The, suffix. Uh, the suffix. Yeah, uh, they have like four suffixes in a row. It's not, you know, it's like a bunch of bum from bum and bum 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 bum. Buckinghamshire, where he unveiled as his Ziggy character, uh, David Bowie, in 2016 with the statue. Okay. Uh, um, a quick birthday of note. Uh, they may not know the name. Uh, Jessica Paré. She is 43 years old. Jessica Paré was Mandy Ellis on SEAL Team. Never saw it. Before that, though, I did see she was Megan, the secretary that Don Draper falls for on Mad Men, and he actually marries her in season five. How could you give up January Jones for that skinny, uh, modely look? And the, the, the Megan was like a, one of the, like a r- tall runway model. January Jones was a dish. She was a freaking knockout. <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, she was great in that movie um, where she played uh, a hit woman, a killer, uh, with a guy who lost, uh, got amnesia. The guy who does all the uh, uh, the want, not wanted, not hunted. Uh, what's the one where he had his daughter who got kidnapped and he went to go get her in Europe? The guy talks about guns all the time, but he hates American guns. You know what I'm talking about. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yeah. Liam Neeson and January Jones played killers in the movie. It was really a good movie. can't remember the name of it. Uh, and that hot, ch- that hot German chick, Pete, that you like was in it. Remember that a, a German, a, a hot German actress chick, that blonde girl you like was in it, too. Who? Uh, you like, you, you might, if, uh, I The one with the face. Yeah, the girl with the hair, with the hair in the face. <laughs> can't believe you can't remember your favorite German actress. I didn't know I had a German. Oh my God! Favorite. You've said this so many times. All right, doesn't matter. Five th- it's three thirty-eight. It was <laughs> Liam Neeson and January Jones and the girl, the German girl actress, and she was. And it was a really great movie. He got he got he got in a, a taxi accident, lost his memory. He didn't know who he was, and all of a sudden he realizes, oh my God, something weird's going on, and he, he tries to save the day, and he's got a. I mean, it's a whole thing, and and he, and he ends up with a German girl helps to save his life, and and and, and there was an explosion in the hotel. It was a great movie, anyway. <laughs> like I'm talking to myself. I'm just sitting here talking to myself. You have no clue. <laughs> I hate Tuesdays. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I do know who you're talking about. Diane Kruger. Yeah, Diane Kruger. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. She's oh. a handsome woman. She's beautiful. She's a handsome woman. Ah, yeah, and she's in a lot. She's been, uh, she does a lot of stuff. Anyway, our 338. Well, phew. And now if I can remember the name of the stupid movie, somebody will know. 404-741-1230. 741-1230. Uh, let's see. News, news stuff. And you're going to hear, uh, oh, we're going to play John Kerry here in a second, the flounder, if you would, um, uh, if you would, sir. And also, um, did we play Stephen A. Smith? <laughs> No, we haven't played Stephen A. Smith yet, no. right? Okay, good. We'll, oh, good, good. We'll do that. Unknown. We got those coming up. Uh, unknown. That was a movie, Unknown. 
Yeah, it was or, in weird. The, uh, I think that was the name or, weird title. The, in the in the fade. I think no. Swatoon's on the line. He may know. Oh, okay, Swatoon. Uh, thanks for calling, my friend. You're on the radio with the Kipperpeed Flounder. How's it going? Is that Jason Bourne you're talking about? No, 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 no. Jason Bourne is uh, Matt Damon. Uh, this was uh, Liam Neeson, and the movie, and, and it was uh, it might have been called Unknown, or yeah, so, it was something like that. I think that. it might be it. Anyway, how you doing there, yeah, Swatoon? What's up, man? Okay. How are you guys doing? Uh, you know, we're here. <laughs> I told him I'd be here the whole time. <laughs> hey, I was going to say about, uh, I think I know why, uh, how the Trump stopped the war in the Middle East and everywhere else. Yes, please. Uh, he stopped giving money to UN and they couldn't uh, spend money to continue wars. I, I'm sorry, I missed part of that. About the UN? What now? I said that when the Trump stopped giving money to UN, yeah. wars all over the world stopped happening. Well, you know, fr- frankly, I'm I'm surprised he wasn't able to kick the UN out of enti- America entirely. I mean, I I got well, a whole, you know, I, I really I, I the UN to me is well, not what it used to be. Well, the problem with the Western countries or United States, in particular, yeah. in England, it's everybody like mid- Middle East countries. I'm Muslim. You know, I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. But we don't like terrorists. But you guys over here in America and the Western countries, they embrace them because they want to be all nice to everybody. Yeah. And one thing that Americans don't get, you cannot be nice to animals. Yeah. I mean, you have to be. You have to act as animals to show them that you are the boss. Otherwise. They will eat you. Yeah, give war a chance. I did a whole series of, uh, of, of clothing items I sold. Give war a chance. For exa- Hell, you went through it, Schwatum. You came here because of what yes. the hell was going on. You had to escape all that stuff. You know, you yes. lived this. You went through this. I mean, I, I had to act crazy because the crazy people around me wanted to kill me. And they knew if, I do, if, if they do something, I might kill them before they kill me. <laughs> I tell you, it's it's a hell of a way to live. I mean, and we're talking families here. You're, I mean, you're not a you're not a professional military assassin. You're no. just a guy, you know. And all of a sudden, you're worried was, about being killed. Yeah, My God, I was 14 years old when I learned how to kill people. Wow. And you know that, and the, the skill I still have it. And people say killing is uh, uh, easy, whatever. But yeah, killing is easy. But living with your with uh, Look on the people's eyes that you killed. It's how that's defined you. That's what PTSD come from, because you've seen the stuff that you don't supposed to do, and if you don't justify what you did, you go crazy or you go, you know, you just have PTSD pretty much. Yeah. So, um, does it help you to? Do you want to talk about that? Does it help you to yeah, that? I mean, I mean, this, the the reason I did stuff what I did, it's I had the reason. I protected my family. I had the. I, I did it for good. I did it for you know for the better of the world, yeah. for the you know God and everybody else. I didn't just do it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Do, do you want to you, talk you about what you happened? Know, if, if if you like killing people, you are a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. You, hey. You're not supposed to like that kind of stuff. That's why the, you know. But what can I say? I mean, like I said, if you want to. Uh, Control terrorists, you have to be like terrorists. You have to be really vicious to them. Otherwise, they will not respect you. They will pretty much, at the end of the day, they will come after you. And, you know, like uh, Hamas stuff in Palestine, when Palestine the, the elected Hamas, I don't know if you know that, uh, 
they went out and they killed everybody or the, pretty much forced everybody who did not like them to, jo- uh, to I mean, to uh, they execute them. Yeah. So pretty much anybody who hated Hamas was dead after that. And that's why they kept staying in power. They didn't keep staying in power because of democracy. They kept staying in power because their secret police pretty much was taking everybody out. And the ones who who hated them, they just had to adjust, say like, yeah, we are for Hamas. By the way, for for those, there may be uh, people who are new to the show and and don't know you, and we've talked many times before. Um, Can you give a quick description of where you're, where you're talking Uh, about, or what happened to you in in Bosnia? I I, I came from Bosnia and Herzegovina, the old Yugoslavian war. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much the reason uh, the war started is they came. We don't have we don't have the the Second Amendment and stuff. So they came, they took the guns in 1990s, military took all the guns from every single household because this way they can protect us from starting BS. Two years later, there was a concentration park, uh, camps everywhere. And if somebody comes to you and tell you, hey, you kill the chicken, I'll kill you. You kill the cow, I'll kill your entire family. And if you kill one of us, we're going to kill a lot of 10,000 people right there and then. So, and what happened to you? What happened to me? Yeah. If you want to. Uh, I like, uh, I mean, I just became uh, silent. I kept my eyes down and uh, I became most dangerous man yeah. in, the, in the world. I mean, I was taught, like I said, how to kill at age 14, how to sabotage and how to uh, slow down the uh, enemy military. So the. Like we, like I said, we were taught to to save the civilians, older people, and the kids from being killed. And because nobody would suspect the kids, yeah, wow. we would be able to sneak by and sabotage anything that needs to be sabotaged. And I'm not talking about like explosion. I'm talking about just plain old sugar in the, uh, in the gas uh, tanks and stuff. Gas tanks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's also bridge sabotage. I mean, like. The war ended, I mean, looters were, I mean, the reason war was successful is because people, military, would, every city, town, or village they captured, they would loot. And once, they, once the Muslims and Croatians and Christians realized that they booby-trapped one of the richest the small towns in Bosnia, and in that town, 10,000 soldiers, of Serbia soldiers, died because they were, uh, they were, everything was booby-trapped. And after that, they didn't have morale to steal anymore. And once you don't have morale to go for it, the war it just went uh, pretty much to the end. And uh, luckily for me, they came to my town and they said, like, hey, you have two options. You want to die or you want to leave? So my father had to make choice. And here we are right here in the beautiful America. And wow. It's my new country. And if I need it, I'll die for it. And I try to educate people, but uh, it's really hard. I mean, I tell people, like, I'm Muslim, and they're like, you have Russian accent. You're not Muslim. You're Russian. And I'm like, dude, that's the Russia is country. Muslim is religion. And yeah. they just pretty much walk away. Yeah. You cannot reason with crazy people, but if you get crazy into their face, they will leave you alone. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, Absolutely. Yeah, but it sounds like you were part of it. You, you and a bunch of teenagers were out uh, causing trouble for the enemy and stuff. I mean, that sounds like a hell of a way to be a well, teenager. Yeah, I mean, my, 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 town, my town, I knew where exactly was about 1,000 uh, guns and uh, pistols and the grenades that we 
I mean, we, we kept like the river. I mean, there was a floating bodies everywhere, so you can take the grenades and stuff off of the dead bodies because of the, you know, whoever was killed down the bottle, uh, up the river bottle. Wow. But luckily, I mean, luckily for us, I mean, we'll, we did not all that ex executed, even though we, we were in the, like, multiple times at uh, the edge of, you know, pretty much. I mean, to tell the truth, the, the death squads, they were coming to our town in 1993, I believe so. Mm -hmm. uh, they were coming to our town to slaughter us all because they found out that the Muslim and Christians are still in our town. And the villages around us, the people, all people who are not in the front lines and stuff, they came with the shotguns and pistols and they stand between death squad and us, as to pretty much Serb against Serb. Uh, to protect us because they they grow up with us and they did not agree with the uh, uh, government. Yeah. Wow. So. What a story. Swatum, I can't thank you enough. Always a pleasure to talk to you. God bless America, my friend, and thank you so much. What a journey. What a trip. And you're here now, and we're all grateful, and I know you are, too. And the worst, and the worst part is we still don't know what movie you're talking about. <laughs> I think it was called <laughs> Unknown. It was called Unknown. <laughs> it's Unknown. Hey, have a we great day, my friend. I don't know. It's Unknown. What can I tell you? 348. We'll, we'll find out. We have breaking news when we come back. All right, break up. Stand by. <laughs> Three fifty-one with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. How's it going? Happy Tuesday. 404-741-1230 if you want to join us. This is uh, Fish. <laughs> this day, 2009. Uh, this day, 2009. I don't know anything about Fish. I mean, I, I, so I know. So Fish, I mean, you, I know you've heard of the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My so daughter was my daughter was a deadhead. Their for a while. fan base is similar to Deadheads, and they are actually the second band that will be headlining the Sphere. Uh, now, the, tell what the Sphere is. The Sphere is the new, uh, the new, the new music venue, or it's just a venue itself yeah. in Vegas that costs two billion dollars. Yeah. Make. Well, good grief, man, Vegas. What? And Fish that, has made. A, I mean, again, the, they've never been huge commercial success, but just their fan well, base and everything like that. They're one of the most successful bands out there. Yeah. Uh, in 2009, they played the final Fish show, the uh, fall tour at the John Paul Jones Arena at University of Virginia. At the beginning of the final set, a weird fan ran on stage fully naked. He ran up and hugged the guitar player, Trey Anastasio, and kissed him on the cheek, then made three laps around the stage before security finally said, no, I don't get your shortcomings out of here, and we'll go on with our business. Uh, birthday or two, uh, Morgan Brittany played Catherine Wentworth on the original Dallas TV show. Morgan Brittany is 72 years old. She was that little naughty little brunette. If I recall correctly. And on this day in 1933, at exactly 5.32 p.m., Utah became the 36th state to ratify the 21st Amendment, and the end of prohibition was real. It repealed the ridiculous 18th Amendment that outlawed all booze for about 14 years. Not that it worked, but anyway. Uh, oh, breaking, breaking news, news. Well, first of all, yes. Slatoon yeah. actually lived the movie Red Dawn, where the teenagers fight an invading yeah. army. Yeah, and that's right. That, that's amazing. Wolverines, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. He actually did that in real life. Yeah. Where we, we make movies about it. Yeah. 
And uh, this is amazing. 92 Democrats just voted present on a resolution condemning anti-Semitism. 13 Democrats voted against it. Can... Condemning anti-Semitism, and they they vote they refuse to vote for it. By voting present means you're there, you're not supporting it. And the Democrats, act, some Democrats actually. Re, well, what was the resolution? It must have been must have been a milky, uh, you know, milk toasty kind of uh, mamby pamby about it, saluting all possible forms of something uh, or other or something. I mean, what's a the language it ended had up to passing, be passing? It passed. It passed with 311 votes. It, con- it was condemning anti-Semitism was basically how C-SPAN uh, introduced it. Well, I'm assuming that the only reason a Republican would not vote to condemn anti-Semitism is if the language said something Who like... Who said Republicans? Who's, you you who, did, didn't who you say? Who said Republican? I thought no, you said... Re- I said Democrat. Okay. I thought your original no, comment was that I, 90 Republicans voted present. Didn't you say? Didn't you no, say Republicans voted? Democrats. Oh, okay. I thought you said Republicans. All right, start no. over again. Who, who voted how? Okay, start. Do do again. I, I thought you said Republicans. Just, just no, do this story again. You play the breaking sounder all over again. No, no, no. Just tell the <laughs> little people. Ninety-two Democrats. Okay. Ninety-two Democrats 92 voted Democrats present. J- just voted present on a resolution condemning anti-Semitism, 13 Democrats voted against. If I said Republicans, then I apologize, but I don't think I did. I, I, I may have misheard. I, I, I wouldn't take credit for anything these days going into my head. Uh, but, but that clearly means that they voted against uh, condemning anti-Semitism. And it must have been because they didn't like the way it was yes. worded, uh, because it must have been mostly against Hamas raping, uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, and they didn't like the way they, uh, you know, added too many uh, anti- I don't know. I mean, God, you've got to be kidding me how 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 is there a yes or no that's not obvious on that question i mean come on my god yeah i think you're giving them too much credit i think they just voted against anti-semitism yeah i guess i guess uh, or, or fighting it. Yeah. I don't. I don't blame. Five three fifty six. Um, I tell you, let's do two things. I get you. Got to hear the sound. Uh, let's do the John Kerry, and then we'll do Stephen A. Smith. Can we do that, Flounder? If you can be able to. Okay. Uh, John Kerry was at uh, Dubai over the weekend, and he was talking about wind energy, and apparently he had some of it uh, himself. In can his, be avoiding uh, responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis, mm. and and the reality is that. Um. <laughs> he actually cut the cheese. He was sitting next to Becky Anderson from CNN and Faith Beral from the Energy Agency when he lip- ripped out a Bronx cheer by <laughs> bouncing off his chair. Uh, he said there shouldn't be any more fo- uh, coal-fired power plants anywhere in the world. Uh, and <laughs> before he could complete it, zoink, and there goes the, he's cutting the cheese. Uh, Within striking distance, one girl quickly jerks her head aside and places her hand to her mouth in the event that any stench was permeating the climate panel. Uh, The reality is the climate crisis is real, and I just showed you, apparently, (laughs) cutting the cheese. Anyway, 357. Now, to Stephen A. Smith, he was on with uh, Trey Clavis. Trey Clavis. (laughs) Trey Clavis. (laughs) Clay Travis. Not going to have time. Yeah, oh, that's too, that's, oh, well, well, we got a minute 28, so uh, that's how long the audio is. Okay, well, can we do it right now then, or we wait till later? Go do it right. Stephen A. Smith on anti You talked about identity politics. I got something 10 times more damaging. Woke culture. It ain't popular to say 
is woke culture. Here's why woke culture is, 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 is worse. Because no matter what your identity is or what my identity is, we can live in our separate worlds or we can choose to come together. Woke gets you fired. If you ain't woke enough, if you don't agree yeah. with what the woke culture says it wants you to agree with. And so what happens is somebody like me, Clay Travis might say 10 things I disagree with, but nine of them I have no problem with. Now, if I have a problem with something, I'll say so. But the other nine things you said, I'm like, wait a minute. He might feel differently than me, but it's perfectly within his right to say that. It's perfectly within his right to feel that way. He said absolutely nothing wrong. Why are you trying to get him fired? We got to grow up as a society and accept the fact that differences are okay as long as we're wishing the best for our fellow men and women, and we're not using every little excuse that we can to end somebody's career. Because I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. We all have. But my God, should we lose our careers for it? I don't agree, I don't agree with that at all. And I think woke culture has instigated that kind of thinking. And that's why when you've spoken about woke culture, I've sat up there and said to people, he's right. He's right. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. There's hope. <laughs> I think people are maybe seeing the light. Anyway, uh, almost almost 4 o'clock with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. And we got so much more, including the latest with Tay-Tay and Trav. Yes, it's uh, Honeymoon on the radio coming up with the Kimber Pete and Flounder, 4 o'clock. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Band-Aid 20 began a four-week tour at number one on the singles chart with a new version of Do They Know It's Christmas. It was the third time this song reached number one. The new version featured Joss Stone, Busted, Chris Martin, Bono, 
Justin Hawkins, Dizzy Rascal, Tom Chaplin, Ms. Dynamite, Beverly Knight, Will Young, Jamelia, Fran Healy, Sugar Babes, Dito, and Robbie Williams. Band-Aid 20. And I remember the first one. I, I always liked that one. And uh, what was the other one that was uh, uh, another fundraiser thing? We Are the World. We Are the World, yeah. And the Band-Aid thing. I always liked that. In fact, there's, I should have you put that on my magic There's uh, some funny videos going around because Bob Dylan was in that. And when he, oh, really? Yeah, when he read like, because there was a music video, when he reads, it just looks like he would rather be anywhere else <laughs> in the world other than that studio singing that song. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's see. Birthdays today include the uh, hideous Margaret Cho. The uh, comedian is 55. She got kind of nasty or something there, didn't she? After Not one? funny. Yeah. She hates this. She hates Southerners. Yeah, she's she just not us. not a happy a person. Uh, and uh, let's see. In history on this day, 1791, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart died under mysterious circumstances. He was 35. Uh, the word was it may have been a kidney infection, uh, but on the other hand, I, they, uh, it was kind of fishy. And by the way, for the record, I don't mind saying one of my favorite movies of all time is Amadeus. If you like music, uh, and it was and uh, the guy who played Salieri, uh, that tall, skinny, Ichabod Crane-looking guy, uh, should have won the F. Academy Murray Award. Abraham. F. Murray Abraham, yeah, great actor. Uh, let's see, a th- a four oh five with the Kimmer Pete and Founder. How's it going, boys? Everything all right? Oh, oh, I want. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> well, never mind. I was going to say something. I won't. Um, um, oh, oh, I put on Facebook. Oh, uh, before I do that, okay, Facebook. Uh, for, Rumble, what's going on with Rumble? Uh, answer me this, Founder. You know all this stuff, and I don't. Every time I try to go, I, you know, I, I, I feed horse video. I, I go to the weekend, get horse videos, and I put some on every day. I can't go every day, so I put a video on every day. And when I go to put it on Rumble, I, when I put it on my Kimmer Show, uh, Kimmer Peterson Facebook page, no problem. I put it on YouTube, videos, uh, feed, no problem. When I go to Rumble, it, it, it blocks my phone. Everything, it kind of stops. It, it takes forever to kind of click in. And when I try to hit the you know next one details or whatever, it blanks out. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's nothing but trouble. What the hell is it? Do you does that, I don't I don't go on there that often. I mean, we play our similar to our Kimmer YouTube Mafia. We do the yeah. same thing on Rumble. So there's people that go on there and watch it. I just don't do a lot of interaction on Rumble. But I can't I can't get it done. It won't it's, let me do it. I mean, I, I try to I I can show you. I try to I hit the you know the button to push yeah, it. I mean, and yeah, it just goes black. There's there's one that came on that you titled Woe Boys that was six days ago. I'm looking at that on Rumble right now. Yeah. Well, some of I mean, occasionally it, it goes, but sometimes and li- sometimes literally it's, it's not you. It's Rumble. Rumble's a little more difficult. But yeah. I'm I'm on the Kimmer YouTube or. Rumble page, and I see some of your hoist video. Okay, some of your well, hoist I'll try videos. To, I'll try to put. I, I I try to put them every day, but honestly, it, just, it stops me. And then what, it kills me because if I'm listening to the radio on the app, and I try to put a video on Rumble, it kills the app. It, it kills my whole phone. I have to shut it down. I mean, it's on. I don't know what the hell is going on with just Rumble. Leave Rumble alone. Don't, yeah. don't mess with Rumble. Well, I hate the people who like my horse horse videos. Look forward to those. I don't want to deprive them. Of, you know, I do that for the people to see the videos. So I hate anyway. Just for the record, now. Um, Oh, oh, and speaking of Facebook, I put uh, last night driving home, I I, I, I got behind a, tr- a pickup truck. It, <coughs> excuse me. 
It was not a uh, a county truck or a city truck or a state highway department, you know, official vehicle with a light and uh, stuff like that. But this a big white pickup truck had three. I put it on uh, 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 Facebook, and I think I might have put it on Rumble. I'm not sure. I, I don't think I got it on Rumble. wouldn't let me on Rumble. I put it on YouTube. And it's, uh, the truck in front of me had three blinding, flashing eh, 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 lights, uh, strobe lights, three v- pulsing strobe lights on the license plate and rear bumper and they were flashing bright blinding me no it was just a guy in a pickup truck I mean, obviously a work truck but again I mean that's got to be illegal I tell you see look at the video it was freaking unbelievable and, and, and I mean it's just you know the uh, the, the bright uh, what do you call them the incandescent or you know piercing eye blinding lights and they're blink and blink and blink. I mean, God, I couldn't believe it. It's got to be. I got a lot of comments on my Facebook page about that. People saying it's got to be illegal. If I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I've never. I've never seen. I had to happen before. Never saw it before. And it's, I can't believe that that uh, somebody didn't catch him or do something. Anyway, it's just very annoying. And I can't believe it's uh, it's legal unless you're you know stopped at a, for a reason or a construction site or something. I just freaking ticked off about it. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> But I am happy because Flounder showed me I'm getting an iPad. This radio station is actually giving the Kimmer an iPad for my use to be a better broadcaster. So I'm very excited about an that. Eyepatch. An iPad. An iPad. <laughs> iPad. Well, I got to go back to the eye doctor too. I got to get my ears done. My my hearing. My eye rockets or ear rockets are just. I think you should just, just find another. I, I'm going to go to another thing. Yeah. I can find you a recommendation. A buddy of mine. An ear guy? Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I, 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 I think I don't know whether these particular ones need to be cleaned out or you know deprogrammed or something. Well, it doesn't seem like it's they have the, the best customer service either. Well, they, they well they stopped doing the ear. It's ear, yeah. nose, and throat institute uh, in Alpharetta, but they stopped doing the ear part. You have to go to like Jasper, and I'm not driving all the way up there to have them say uh, you know be 20 minutes kind of deal. So anyway, so I got I've got to I start over again or something to see if somebody can fix these or order me a damn new pair or something. Just it's freaking killing me. I never. I, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't mean to complain about me. I should stop talking about me. Uh, oh, let's do this. Uh, James Woods came up with some reaction to this guy, to, the, to Dick. I can't find my story about Dick Durbin. Um, oh, here it is. Is this it? Yeah. Dick Durbin, uh, he is, a, I, I hate him. I, he's, a, he's a screaming, lying liberal. Screaming, lying liberal. And, uh, and Dick Durbin got called out by uh, James Woods for his latest plan to change how we're allowing people to come across the southern border and be part of America and then be able to vote again. Uh, and uh, here, let's do comments by uh, Dick Durbin, and then I'll tell you how James Woods feels about that, Flounder, if you uh, got that available right here. Dick Durbin, Yes, Senator. we need to have changes in the laws that reflect the reality of the overwhelming numbers from all over the world who are coming to our, our shores and our border. But there's also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now. The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you are an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? 
I think we should. <laughs> Let me tell you about. That's fine. I mean, he wants to take away our guns, but if you sneak in the border illegally and you're willing to go get trained for the military, we'll give you some guns. <laughs> I don't know, Pete. Am I, is there anything wrong with this plan? This, this is someone who's never read a history book. This is how the Roman Empire fell at the end. They, instead of fighting the barbarians because no one wanted to fight anymore, they were so you know basically entitled and privileged. They basically made them part of the Roman Empire and said, you can fight for us. Well, they just turned against them anyway, and they sacked the city several times. This is the end. If they start letting people in and immediately turn them into the U.S. military, they're basically putting foreign spies into our military and raising them up to be citizens. He, he said the uh, quiet part out loud. Yeah. They're bringing them in to make them citizens as fast as right. possible so right. they can vote Democrat. Yeah, and he said, we, we have a tremendous need for uh, illegal immigrants coming to this. We have tremendous yeah. need. No, we don't. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, this is, you have tremendous need for Democrats to become more Democrats. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe if we don't have enough people showing up to fight the war, maybe we shouldn't be fighting the war. Well... Yeah. Uh, if you're going to have a war, you better do it right. We learned that lesson again. We're still learning it, apparently. We haven't done a war right since when? Yeah. Well. The, 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 the 1990, the first Gulf War. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Flounder with a message for the camera. Uh, a few heavy topics. So let me say we <laughs> yeah. get some laughter from yeah, our, our good old friend, funny. Ron White. Oh, Ron White. Here we go. I was in uh, Melbourne, Florida one time, and I was driving a rental car, and I was, I was by myself, and I'd had two drinks. I didn't make the drinks. I don't know how strong they were. Tasted strong. Whiskey and ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm driving, and I look ahead, and there's a sobriety checkpoint, and I'm like, <laughs> And I get up there, and the cop goes, Mr. White, I smell alcohol on your breath. I said, that's been there since 77, dude. <laughs> You pour that much scotch on a tongue, it's going to smell like scotch forever. There's nothing you can do about it. We've tried everything that there is. He goes, well, I need you to blow into this breathalyzer. And I said, well, here's the bad news, Hoss. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Because if that piece of is calibrated wrong, I could be convicted of something I didn't even do. He goes, and I need you to do a field sobriety test. I'm like, just tell me what you want me to do. He goes, I want you to stand on one foot, raise the other foot, no bullshit. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> I'm not, and I'll tell you why. That's not a sobriety test. That's an agility test, and I'm not very god bad guy. Right? <laughs> I'm not, and it's not fair to me because I'm older. I'm not in that great a shape. I may or may not be a little drunk. I don't know. <laughs> You know what a fair drunk driving test is? Drunk driving, get in the car, let's do a couple of blocks. <laughs> Let me show you some skills. I'm not a 21-year-old puking cheap tequila through my nose. I'm a 61-year-old raging alcoholic, mother. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Or that's what it said in the deposition. <laughs> that's on the court document. 415 with the Kimberfield and Flopper. <laughs> Good work on there. Look out. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer with Pete and Flounder. 421. Out here Tuesday with you two. I was born a child of grace. Nothing else.
2004, U2 began two weeks, number one, with the album chart in Britain on how to dismantle an atomic bomb. It was the U2's ninth UK number one album. They went on to number one in America with it, too, giving them their sixth number one album in America, U2. Uh, let's see, birthdays, uh, Paula Patton. Is a lovely actress, 48 years old. She was once married to Robin Thicke. And Paul is uh, 48. What did I say, 48? And a uh, quick history note here it was American President Polk on this day in 1848 who triggered the gold rush of 49, the famous 49ers, a gold rush named after that. He was a, a president who announced gold was discovered in Memnar Hills in 1948 and by 49. Holy cow, the 49ers took over everything. Uh, 422, how you doing? It's only me, it's only the Kimmer. By the way, we're going to, uh, later on today, we're going to be uh, playing, replay the interview. Uh, it wasn't an interview, it was a conversation we had. Uh, Swatum called in, and, and it was a very interesting, I thought, and, I th and we think you might want to enjoy it if you uh, want to join us later on, or for those who aren't. But maybe we're going to play it again uh, over an hour from now, probably so. Um, also, in fact, to flounder in a few minutes, well, uh, not right now, but in, probably in the next 10 minutes or so, I also want to, re I want to do this every hour. I'm going to replay the comments from that lady talking about what in the world is going on, how people are not reacting the way they should be to this business of rape. And, uh, and I think it's important enough to play every hour, and we'll do that probably in the next 10 or 15 minutes, sometime this this hour. Uh, in the meantime, uh, it's Kemmer, Pete, and Flounder, 404-741-1230. This is uh, going to be interesting tomorrow. Apple TV has a documentary released tomorrow, John Lennon, Murder Without a Trial. It's going to be released ahead of the 43rd anniversary of John Lennon's murder on Friday. And uh, Mark... David Chapman's deranged confessions will be heard for the first time. You'll hear John Lennon's. Uh, you'll hear the voice. You'll hear about the voices in Mark David Chapman's head when he did it, and you'll hear about John Lennon's last words. Now, if you don't want to hear about this uh, until tomorrow, then uh, tune out for a second. I'm going to for a minute here. We're going to tell you about what's going on. Uh, the documentary puts new light on how Chapman, who is now S68, uh, failed in his bid to be paroled for the murder, confessed to it behind bars, and claimed he shot John Lennon because John Lennon, he said, was a phony. Under hypnosis, Chapman recalled sitting on a curb, seeing a black limo pull up to the building. The door opened. Yoko Ono emerged. He remembered seeing Lennon exiting next. He says, I see a struggle. Part of me didn't want to do it. Part of me did. I had a voice in my head saying, do it, do it, do it. Chapman had already walked six feet toward the famous Beatle. Quote, took the gun out of my pocket and aimed at him and just fired away. All five shots. It felt like it was not me, but it was me. A taxi driver and the concierge of the building uh, almost ended precisely 43 years of silence uh, also ended that to describe the second-by-second -second detail of how they saw Lennon fall outside the front door of the building where he lived with Yoko and his son, Sean, who was six at the time. Uh, Richard Peterson, the taxi driver, he watched the killing unfold from his taxi, believing momentarily was must have been making a movie. Uh, this kid says, John Lennon. He was a chunky guy. I'm looking at him. I shoot Lennon. I thought they were making a movie, but I didn't see no lights or cameras or anything, so I realized, hey, this ain't no movie. And the concierge said, he runs past me. He goes, I'm shot. 
John Lennon had blood coming out of his mouth. He just collapsed on the floor. I rolled him, half rolled on his back and took his glasses off, put them on the desk. Yoko was screaming, get an ambulance, get an ambulance, get an ambulance. The concierge recalls rolling over the rock star, securing Lennon's shattered eyeglasses. The glasses went back to Yoko. Uh, she wanted photographer Bob Gruen to photograph them on the table with a glass of water overlooking Central Park. Um, uh, David Chap Mark David Chapman was obsessed with Catcher in the Rye, the novel by J.D. Salinger, the title character Holden Caulfield, a disturbed upper-class teenager, home from boarding school, raising hell in Manhattan as he rails against phonies. Uh, Chapman revealed in the documentary he thought the assassination of Lennon would get him closer. I thought I could turn into somebody. If I killed somebody, I thought I would turn into Holden Caulfield. As to why he chose John Lennon, Chapman provides a nutty answer uh, in his hypnosis tape saying, uh, using Caulfield's phony catchphrase. You ever hear Lennon say that all you need is love? Here's what I say to that, he said on tape. All you need is love and $250 million. He was the biggest, phoniest bastard that ever lived. I wasn't about to let the world endure ten more years of his menagerie of bull blank. His attorney, David Suggs, uh, said this was part of his delusional madness. He saw demons. He had one demon told him to kill his lead attorney. He was insane. He went back and forth between praying to God and praying to the devil. Stretches would go by where he sounded pretty okay, then stretches come where he was off the wall. Crazy was the key in his defense. Unquestionably, he committed the murder to be decided in the trial whether or not it was that he was in his right mind. They were prepared to defend their insanity defense when all of a sudden he took them by surprise. The killer says in his documentary, I'm sitting in front of the radio, listening to rock music, and I felt the Holy Spirit talk to my heart. I knew that the Lord wanted me to plead guilty. So he did. The judge accepted a conversation with God as being rational. Chapman received a sentence of 20 to life and is still behind bars. Wow. 427. from around here, too. Yeah. Uh, was it, was it uh, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, oh, God, to, oh, God, I can't. It wasn't College Park, was it? Or? I don't, I'm thinking I'm trying, College Park was right now. right. I should have done that before. Well, he, I didn't he think about raised it. In, he was raised in Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, Decatur, yeah. Wow. And he went to either Columbia or, or Southwest of Cap, somewhere around there, I think. I think, I think you are correct. Uh, 428 with the Kimmer Pete and Flounder. Uh, what a shame. Columbia. I, yeah, he went to Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. And again, it Typical was uh, Columbia. Friday, yeah. <laughs> Friday will be the 43rd anniversary of John Lennon's murder. Uh, celebrities in the news. By the way, I got to start. I stop saying "ah" when I, I'm hearing the promos playback. I say "ah" a lot. I, I don't. I've got to stop. I never used to do that, and I do it now. I don't know why. Must I, be just a change. Have you been of... listening to Chipper Jones? <laughs> um, it could be. Uh, you know, Rory McIlroy is another one. He drives me nuts. A golfer when he's interviewed. Anyway, I'll, I'll try to do better. I, just, I hurt myself, and I, 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 I don't. I never listen to my. I hate myself. I hate listening. I will never listen to myself. I hate it. All right, 428. Taylor Swift. This is amazing. The media is going nuts with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Every day there's like 19 different stories. I picked one to pick out today to make fun of the fact that now they're they're really overreaching. I mean, this is getting a little ridiculous. Uh, the headline, Taylor Swift seemingly reveals sweet nickname for Travis Kelsey while cheering during Chiefs versus Packers game. 
Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are on a nickname basis now. In a fan video posted to Twitter, the cruel summer songstress can be seen seemingly yelling, Come on, Trav! From a VIP suite at Lambeau Field as the Kansas City Chiefs faced off against the Green Bay Packers Sunday. The pop star who wore coordinating colors with a new bestie, Brittany Mahomes, drove Swifties on social media wild with a purportedly romantic gesture. Y'all acting as if I can move on from this. Come on, Trav. I'm dying here, one user tweeted. She's so supportive, girlfriend, I'm never getting over it, said another. Can you hear me sobbing, posted a third. Are you serious? Because she called him Trav? And that's so sweet that people are crying about it? <laughs> oh, my God, man. Oh, Lordy. Well, how to tell if you're in love. Now we have the orange peel theory. I told you about the bird test. Now we have the orange peel theory coming up. 4.30 first with Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. And more standing by, too. Look out. Here we go. Melinda Carlisle. What a big hit this was. Like this song. 1987, Belinda Carlisle went to number one singles chart in America with Heaven is a Place on Earth. The ex-Go-Go member, first solo number one, also number one in Britain. The promotional video was directed by Academy Award winning actress Diane Keaton and features an appearance of Carlisle's husband, Morgan Mason. I had no idea about that. Now, uh, now she, the, was she in the Go-Go's when before this or after? I have no idea. Before. She before was the this? lead singer of the Go-Go's, yeah. And, now, and by the way, the Go-Go's to me uh, were, you know, kind of like a bubblegum. Uh, they got. But they're heavy metal or something. They weren't heavy they? metal, but they, they definitely they enjoyed were, drugs, rock and roll, and men. Yeah. And and, and every song I know about, their, what, what's the Go-Go's famous song that uh, Vacation or something like That's that? That's one of them, Vacation. Yeah, over heels. Yeah, but that was hardly, a, you know, a hard rock kick butt, you know, macho biker chick band, you know. For, and my impression of them was always that they were like a bubblegum, you know, happy girl band or something. Our lips are Sealed was another Our lips are sealed is another great one, yeah. But it didn't seem like, you know, like they were so as edgy as obviously they were. I had no idea. Uh, a quick birthday of note, uh, uh, speaking of music, Jim Messina, as in Loggins and Messina. Jim Messina is 76. Uh, Mama Don't Dance, uh, Crazy Love, all kinds of good stuff there. Jim and Messina. And on this day in history, uh, I love looking at inventions when they were first discovered and patented in 1854 before the Civil War. Aaron Allen patented the folding theater chair. <laughs> Think about it. Someone had someone figured out that you didn't have to have chairs sitting there all on all fours all the time and said, well, if you fold them up, we'll have more rumors. I mean, what a great idea. And who I mean, how, who who thought of it? Aaron Aaron Allen did. But what a what a you know, smart idea. Anyway, are all the ideas gone? I guess not. Probably not. But anyway, uh, four thirty-eight. In a few minutes, we're going to play that uh, that comment from that lady of, of Newsweek again here, Flounder. First of all, uh, every once in a while, as I'm I'm going through various stuff, TikTok, and again, we know we feel about officially about TikTok, but the uh, TikTok is making a, a, an effort about at least once a week 
coming out with uh, theories about relationships and how to tell whether your relationship is on the right track or not uh, by TikTok, which is kind of bizarre because it's communist Chinese run. But this one particular test now to find out whether you have a loving partner has been viewed more than 15 million times. And uh, it's called the Orange Peel Theory. It's based on the idea that small acts of service, like making a cup of coffee or folding the laundry or peeling an orange, can indicate a relationship's strength and a commitment from your partner. Uh, the TikToker Anna says, uh, let's say whatever reason I hate peeling oranges. I really like oranges, though. So I asked my partner, hey, babe, would you mind peeling this orange for me? They can either respond with, of course, love, not a problem, glad to do it, or, oh, you can do it, you're capable of peeling your own orange. And that's indicative of a much bigger thing that may be merely going on other than peeling an orange. Acknowledgement and feeling of being taken care of and cherished. Uh, conversations between exes. One texts someone named Charlotte. She writes, I miss when you would peel my oranges for me in the morning, and she still gets juice all over my hands and stab my nails in too deep when I do it myself. And the other ex responds, you'll figure it out one day. In the final screenshot, Charlotte writes, I peeled my own orange today. <laughs> and they're blocked. So, I mean, that was the ball game on that. There's one more on the other way. A baker named Jenna showed her boyfriend surprising her with a container of pre-separated egg whites because she had mentioned to him before that she found the task difficult with her long nails. And so he did the little thing of providing her. And again, the little things that they are, you know, made something that she had mentioned before and he remembered it. And boom, a little thing like that. There's one, And that was on TikTok, 15 million views. One more, which I, I kind of acknowledged a couple of weeks ago, the bird test, where a woman says, for example, uh, she, so she was on a date and uh, she was saying, uh, hold on, I've got to find it here, passing the bird test. If you say something that could be deemed insignificant, depending on how your partner responds, could be a good sign. A uh, lady says she was out with a new friend sipping drinks at Starbucks. She, look, uh, Starbucks. she looked out the window and noticed, oh, look at that woodpecker. And after mentioning it to her coffee date, they spent the next 10 minutes Googling facts and talking about woodpeckers and uh, hitting on the trees and stuff like that. And it showed her pal's immediate interest as an indicator of uh, lasting chemistry, a bid for emotional connection. The psychiatrist would call it a bid for an emotional connection, small or big, verbal or nonverbal, uh, the request to connect. An expression, a question, a physical outreach can be funny or serious, even sexual in nature. Uh, the repeated rejection of emotional bids often leads to a ruin of the relationship, as you could see. Anyway, little teeny things, just, um, just a thought, just a note. Now, uh, let's do that soundbite again, Flounder. This is a woman named Batva Ungar Sargon. She's the deputy opinion editor of Newsweek magazine. And with all the talk going on about how, in fact, Pete, uh, do you have the figures in front of you again about what Democrats just voted today? You still have that handy? I might remember off the top of my head or you may have remember off the top of your head. Uh, a voting in Congress today on whether to condemn uh, bigotry or condemn, uh, uh, was it anti-Semitism? Yeah. Whether to condemn anti-Semitism. Yeah, I got, like I got it right here. Uh, 92 Democrats just voted present on a resolution condemning anti-Semitism. 13 voted against. It ended up passing with 311 votes. In other words, most of those, those, Dem those Democrats voted not to condemn anti-Semitism.
I, can, I, I don't know what the wording was of the resolution. There must have been some reason other than that they just don't, they don't, they didn't condemn anti-Semitism because they don't want to be on the side of, uh, of uh, supporting Israel. And if you condemn anti-Semitism, you're condemning anti-Jewish behavior, and they don't want to be on record as, as going along with condemning Hamas. Can you believe this? I mean, this is outrageous. After the stories of the, of the, of the rapes and the brutalization b- b- of the women and the girls, well, here's a deputy opinion editor of Newsweek magazine, Batya Ungar Sargon, and wait till you hear this. I want to make sure your audience understands what we just witnessed with Pramila Jayapal's interview because it is part of a, it's a microcosm of something much, much larger, which is this, Leland. The same people who for six years have told us that every man who flirts with a co-worker should be chased out of public life. The same people who replaced due process with believe all women. These same people and organizations, when presented with evidence of the mass rape of Israeli women, suddenly turned around and said, we need more context, we need more evidence. Who's to say? They took their standard of believe all women and flipped it on a dime to don't even believe the men who are bragging about mass rapes the minute the victims were Jews. They don't even believe the men who were bragging about the rapes as soon as they found out that they were talking about Jewish women. Is that, I mean, that's astounding. And I'll ask again, where's the, where's the outrage? Where's the reaction? And ladies, these are Democrats. These are Democrats. All those, Dem- with like 100 Democrats, Congress Democrats in Congress refused to condemn anti-Semitism because they did not want to be seen as on the side of Israel condemning Hamas rapists. What does this do in the voting polls in 2024? I hope it it makes a difference. Again, ladies, again, if you're Jewish, how can you vote for a Democrat? If you're a woman or if you have daughters, I mean, I'm flabbergasted by this. These are these, you know, believe them. They they refuse to condemn anti-Semitism. Okay, believe them and remember it. I, I don't. I mean, this is so simple. One one issue after another. It's the Democrats, the people who are voting to keep the borders open. These are Democrats. All those protesters tearing down the statues. Democrats. All those protesters doing all the harm that's going on and complaining about the treatment of Hamas. All Democrats. All Democrats. There's not one conservative in the bunch. I mean, I don't know what more evidence you need, but you're voting for the wrong people. And by the way, coming up, here's a father in, and once again, Colorado. Holy cow, we talked about there having an issue with a little girl. We'll mention that a little bit later on today, too. Little girl forced to sleep in the same bed with a boy because he wanted to be a girl at an away trip for, his, for a school. 11-year-old girl? Oh, my God. Another thing is, is I, I heard this on uh, Buck and Clay, I believe. Right now, Donald Trump overall has a six-point lead over Joe Biden, which is above the margin of error. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I don't. I still don't think he's going to be the nominee. I think they're going to find a way to get rid of him, even though I don't think he... I thought he would finally cave in and say, well, you know, with all this. But I, I think they're going to try to... Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, all the other candidates can beat Joe Biden. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, can you imagine the screaming that's going to go on howling at the moon when Trump wins again? Oh, my God. Uh, 445 with a kid repeat and flounder. <laughs> <laughs> 450, how's it going? 10 before 5 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Our number, 404-741-1230. Quite a falsetto you got there, boys. 1968, The Stones' new album, Beggar's Banquet, was celebrated at a party in London. A food fight with custard pies was the highlight of the event. Went on without an ill Keith Richards. The original cover for the LP of Beggar's Banquet on this day, 1968, the original one was in the form of plain white invitation, but they later on changed it. And again, I've never heard this song. I have no idea what this song is. <laughs> I didn't read all of that. This is Emotional Rescue. I'm not sure if that's on the album you referenced. Oh, okay. I, I would have any idea. No, it's not. It's not. Well, see, now, you guys would not. Pete well, Davis would know that. Uh, yeah, how, how, how would you possibly know the freaking songs that are on a okay. particular album? I'll tell you that. Because uh, Street Fight Man and uh, Sympathy for the Devil are both on Beggar's Banquet. The original art cover was a bathroom stall with graffiti, and they deemed that too offensive, so they came out with the second version, which was The Wedding Banquet. Well, there you are. Now, you must have obviously had that album before the days of digital tape I got tape both of those stuff. albums. Yeah. Well, I've got both of those albums, you know, Beggar's Banquet and Emotional Rescue. I don't think I bought, my God, uh, Flounder, when's the last time you, have you ever bought a record, actually? Vinyl? No. I've yeah. gotten a couple uh, wow. for Christmas gifts. I've gotten <laughs> I never got into the whole vinyl thing, because when I was a kid, well, was I no had vinyl. cassette yeah. tapes and yeah. then CDs. So. Yeah. Well, you had, you had probably had 8-track and then and then cassettes, right? Did you, did you have 8-track, no, or was that before you? I didn't have, because I was born no. in 78, so I oh started. Oh, my God, that's right, too. But actually, I take that back. I did have a record player when I was a kid. And the two records I remember playing were Dukes of Hazard and The Lone Ranger. <laughs> the Dance of the Oranges or something when I, like when that? I, I when uh, me and my brother were kids, uh, we'd go to church with my dad on Sunday because my mom was Baptist, so she didn't go to church with us because we were raised Catholic. And on the way, on the ride home, we'd always go eat breakfast somewhere, and a lot of the times he would roll the windows down and play the Lone Ranger at the <laughs> top and just drive fast for me and my brother. Uh, I love it. Uh, how cool is that? Great memory. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, so you never bought a 45 on a, and a little uh, stick thing you put on the record player and everything? No, my, like I'm assuming the ones that I had, my parents got me, so I, don't, yeah. I, I forget if they were a 45 or the original big, what was, what are the... Big, what's the... Uh, 78. 78, 45. 78, then 33 and a third, and then and 45s. Yeah, most of the albums were, th- were 33 and a third. Now, the original ones were 78. They go really go flying around the turntable. Uh, and Pete, you obviously... Do, do you still have a collection of, of vinyl stuff? I still, I still, I don't have all the records I used to have. I think over the years, girlfriends disappear with some of them. No. But I do have a lot, yeah. No. I don't think I've bought a... Uh, I don't think I've bought a record God, since... Mid 60s, 
<laughs> well, here was the, the struggle back in the day. When I moved to San Diego in 83, I took my records with me. It took up most of the back seat. You couldn't live yeah. without oh, your yeah. records. Yeah. And then by the time I moved back in 86, everything was on CD. That's all you, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And it changed fast, too. Uh, I remember cars. I remember all oh, the cars. Like, uh, automobiles had to, yeah. oh, my God, now we got to put this in and that. I mean, it was a major. And, of course, most people, when, when it started happening, no cars were built for it. The cars had an AM radio, so people would get oh, all no. those below the dashboard yeah. plug-in things that were a nightmare on your they knees stole. and stuff. <laughs> and then you'd have to take them out because yeah. you didn't want them stolen. They'd yeah. break into your car for them. I worked at a record store out there when we were all records and yeah. cassettes, a little bit of cassettes and all records. Within three to four months, half the store went CD. Wow. <laughs> and the, one, the one crappy thing about CDs is they scratch easily. So if you got a new CD and you scratched it, it could yeah, mess that's up right. I mean. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah, that's right. Well, a record scratched easier than oh, anything. Yeah. It was <laughs> sliding across the turntable and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Or and, and of course the real the fancy ones. You did. You know, most people had you had to put the turn. You had to put the arm by you use your finger and lift up the arm and put it onto the record. But the fancy ones later on had it automatically where you push a button and it would the machine would do it for you to slowly lower the needle down onto the record. Uh, but, but 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 originally it was so you had to do it yourself. I'm skipping and stuff. I think I'm ruined. I mean, God. Drunk. Yeah. Drunk was horrible. Yeah. Uh, 4.55 already with the Kevin Pete Flounder. Holy crap, it's sports coming up. More Flounders funnies uh, coming up as well. And Pete's tweets and a bunch of things here. Uh, a BBC was interviewing Kelsey Grammer. And Kelsey Grammer was talking about uh, he's doing publicity rounds for his new rebooted Frasier TV show, which I tried to watch and it's just horrible. I just didn't. I, I, was, I felt bad because I really liked the guy. And again, I had dinner with him with this hottest little teenage blonde I ever saw in my life was his date. Oh my God! At a Hollywood party with uh, uh, who was the guy who won the Academy Award for the uh, people who dove in the pool with the big uh, oyster things? Um, uh, Don Amici. You know- Don Amici. I, every time you tell the story, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, well, I'm, how, how many people get to have dinner next to Kelsey Grammer? And the girl I was well, with that's was the a, thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. You're going to tell the story. No, you always, I'm not. Tell, but you always ask the question, who was that guy that was next to him? Well, I can't remember his name. And, Don, and I remembered it before you did, Don Amici. Yeah. So there. <laughs> and, and he was very nice. Groundhog and, Day. and the date I was with embarrassed the hell out of me when she, when she said, oh, I really didn't like your acting job or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's the one who tried to get me in a menage a trois with a guy she showed up with when I asked her to meet. Anyway, long story. Uh, anyway, so Kelsey Grammer's doing an interview with this guy to put up his TV show. And then uh, the uh, BBC guy asked him if he still supported Donald Trump. Kelsey said, I am. Are you still a supporter? I am, and I'll let that be the end of it. Well, the guy at BBC said there went on. To, there was a lot more to the story. I have to say, actually, Kelsey Grammer himself was perfectly happy to go on talking about it. But apparently, the people at Paramount were not very happy. He was talking about Donald Trump at some length, and they decided we'd had plenty of time for the interview and killed it. I should stress the BBC guy said that he was perfectly happy to keep talking about why he supports Donald Trump still does in the coming election. Uh, Grammer supported Trump while he was in office. He told uh, Christian Hates America Poor in uh, PBS interview he was happy that Trump was a uh, disruptor. Uh, he said, I don't think Washington did us any favors for the last 50, 60 years. I think they've all been sort of the same party, the same bunch of clowns, the same bunch of really unpleasant people. And I don't think they've been helping anybody but themselves. 
And when now, now, of course, they're going to, you know, dox him and make him pay for it. And they've canceled, apparently, to cut the interview and so forth. And that sort of figures. Uh, one more kind of a uh, anti-woke uh, thing going on here. And again, in Colorado, we're going to talk later on. If you didn't hear the story earlier, started off the show with it at 3 o'clock about the 11-year-old girl on a school trip. And they wanted her to sleep in the same bed with a tranny boy. Fourth graders are, are, are subjected to that kind of an issue. Well, also in Colorado, a guy named Nathan Feldman says his kids are being barred from exercising their freedom of speech. He blames the policy in Denver's overt sexualization of content in elementary schools. They have pride flags on display, and they're refusing to display a straight flag. Uh, He said identity books and gender books are geared toward young kids, encouraging kids to ask questions about trannies and foster one-sided conversations about inappropriate gay topics in the classroom. He went to the school where his twin children are second graders. He noticed dozens of pride flags in the classrooms and all through the hallways. Uh, He he made a, a redesigned version of the rainbow flag. I'm sorry, the pride flag has additional stripes to it. He told his kids' teachers, he said, this is not inclusive of all of our students. It only represents one viewpoint on the topic of sex, gay sex. He said, can I place an identically sized flag representing the children's views on straight uh, identities? And they said, no, no, you can't do that. The principal then sent an email that supports the right of employees to post a rainbow flag or other support for LGBTQ people or students and staff because, quote, these are symbols consistent with the district's equity-based curriculum. The district does not allow for other flags. But because we believe in equity, we can have all the gay flags and all the pride flags we want. Cameron, mm-hmm. you know the, the old phrase, yeah. we're all equal, just some of us are more equal, equal than others. Than others. <laughs> Innocent until proven conservative. Anyways, coming up on 5 o'clock, Pete, I've got four sports birthdays and a sports history thing. I can't wait till holy crap at sports a little bit later on. And uh, the little girl story and some more fun stuff with the Cameron, Pete, and Flounders. Almost 5 o'clock. Look out. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. Let's get it together, ladies. Left shoulder, right up blank. Ready on your dog target. Road guards out. It's only me, it's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis and Flounder. 
at the controls. Our number, 404-741-1230. We love phone calls, 404-741-1230. In fact, if you just joined us, uh, earlier today we had uh, occasion to talk to our friend Swatum who called in, and he is a survivor from a very rough childhood in Bosnia-Herzegovina, where he was uh, born and raised. And you'll hear him talk about, we're going to replay part of it for you after 5.30 probably, uh, uh, have him talk about how he escaped uh, murderous uh, activity and that he had to fight uh, and kill himself as a, as a little, as 14-year-old. Uh, so anyway, we'll, uh, we'll play it a little bit later on for you today. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about that little girl story here in a second. Just makes me nuts. Also, did you hear this just a minute ago on the news? Uh, apparently, President Showers with daughter has now said that if Donald Trump were not running for president, he doubts he would run either. But he's now has an, such a, an ego on this brain-addled, empty shirt that he he actually said, if Donald Trump were not running, I'd probably not run myself, but I have to run because we can't let Trump win. He believes that he is going to be the savior to America, that he's the, guy, he's the only guy. He's the reason <laughs> Trump is up in the polls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody's got, I, I mean, I, I wonder whether he really, I mean, this has got to be some kind of a stunt. I mean, it's got to be that they've got to, they've, somebody's had to tell him, Joe, 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 come on. You know, you, you, you can't, you, you, you're, it's, it's over. You can't do this. We're going to have to find a way to have you gracefully bow out. Again, I thought they were going to throw him down the stairs or slip in the shower and, and just physically be unable. And that'd be the very, that'd be the fastest, easiest thing. And then, uh, Reese, oh, well, well, now we come up with a new savior for the party kind of deal. So I, and I still think that's true, but um, I can't believe it. He, he, uh, he's running because he's the only guy who can beat Trump. <laughs> Thank you, God. Please do. I, I fine. I, I hope so. And make sure you get Carmela out there with America's favorite side piece, America's shiftless and lazy, uh, you know, uh, consort. Dear Lord. Anyway, uh, 404-741-1230. 404-741-1230. Um, and uh, let's see. Everything's fine and dandy. Holy crap, sports is coming up. We're going to play that uh, the sound of the lady about the Hamas rape business here again, too, a little bit around today. I'm going to play it once an hour because it's important we hear it and, and we aren't going to stop. Also, this is an incredible story. 506. I, I, I can't believe it's even a real thing. An 11-year-old girl, Colorado, Jefferson County, was on a field trip. Uh, her parents, Joe and Serena Wales, are calling on the county school board in Jefferson County, Colorado, to clarify what the hell's going on with their practice of having rooming accommodations on overnight field trips out of town. Their daughter is a fifth grader. She's 11. She went to a sponsored school trip in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. this past June. The school told the parents that the boys and girls on the trip would be roomed on different floors. Chaperones told the kids boys would not even be allowed to visit the same floor as the girls and vice versa. Uh, the mother, Serena Wales, the 11-year-old daughter's mother, went on the trip. She was not a chaperone. She just went on the trip with her. Uh, the 11-year-old daughter was assigned to a room with three other students. Two of the students were girls. The third student was a boy who identifies as a girl. His nickname is Kem, K-E-M, initials K-E-M. Uh, and uh, the girl, the 11-year-old daughter, and Kem were told they would share a bed. They would share a bed. 
And that evening when the students were in the room together, Kem, the boy, pretending to be a girl, revealed to them that he's a boy who thinks he's a girl. They were not aware of that before the trip, according to the mom. The young boy was presenting as a girl wearing girls' clothing and had long hair. And uncomfortable at the thought of sharing a room and her bed with a boy, the 11-year-old girl sneaked into the bathroom and called her mother. And then, thank God, the mother was on the trip with her. Daddy was not, but this is 2,000 miles away from where they freaking live. She went downstairs and met her mom in the lobby to discuss the matter. Again, they're from Colorado. The daughter was terrified, really upset, she mom said, about the idea of sharing a bed with a biological boy. She said, I, I, can't, I, I can't believe it. One, she was upset that she was even put in that situation at the age of 11. I don't feel that's fair to put the kids in that kind of a situation. And two, we were not even given the information. This was a possibility before the trip. They're saying, oh, girls on one floor, boys on another. They're not going to be in each other's rooms. So we're going through the whole process, not even recognizing that it was a possibility. And again, think about this for a second. Your daughter's going on a field trip with her school. Would you ever in your wildest dreams up until this year... Even in your imagination, consider wondering whether there would be a boy tranny in the fifth grade classroom sleeping with your 11-year-old daughter in the same bed. Could you even imagine wondering the possibility? Hell no. You have a bunch of overeducated socialist teachers with an agenda who are so overeducated, their common sense is completely eradicated from their brains. The father says, I was totally helpless. I was 2,000 miles away. My daughter's scared in a bathroom in a situation my daughter should never have been put in. By the way, the girl boy, Fanny, fake tranny, Kem's parents, confirmed their child's transgender gender identity and that he was in stealth mode, meaning students on the trip would not know about their child's transgender status. So the parents... Knowing that, okay, the kid's 11, so the parents are going along with their 11-year-old boy who wants to be a girl, so they let him dress as a girl, wear his hair like a girl, and the parents say, well, you got to be in stealth mode, meaning nobody should know about it. So they were willing, the parents of the tranny boy, 11-year-old tranny boy, were willing to have their tranny boy sneak into the girls' rooms and pretend to be a girl with other girls, including one being the same bed with him. And they were okay with that. Well, after the uproar, the parents got in on this. The mom was there after the uh, trouble. Chaperones finally agreed to move the male student with a different female to another room. Now, the letter the parents of the 11-year-old the parents, outraged parents, wrote a letter, and through the entire evening they wrote, the boy's privacy and feelings were always the primary concern of the school employees. After the school disregarded our little girl's privacy and the family's parental rights, the school then silenced our 11-year-old daughter, infringing on her freedom of speech when a school teacher told the three girls that they were not allowed to tell anybody that Kem was transgender, even though he voluntarily chose to share the information. The teachers on the trip told the three girls who were outraged to find they were living with a boy and for the, in the room on the trip, told them they were not allowed to tell anybody that he was a tranny. 
And the school policy in most cases is to room students based on the gender they identify as rather than their actual gender. This is unbelievable. That teacher should be fired. No question. The whole freaking staff. The parents, by the way, the parents of the uh, of the have two fourth grade kids registered. To, uh, the same parents of the eleven year old have two fourth graders who are supposed to be are registered to go on a trip to New York and Washington and Philadelphia next year. Gee, I wonder whether there's going to be an issue coming up next year for the Colorado school district saying it's okay to secretly have a boy dressed like a girl sleeping in the same bed with an actual girl who's 11 freaking years old. Somebody's got to do something. I mean, this is an outrage. I, my God, I, I, if that were my 11-year-old daughter, I'd be in jail. I would be in jail. I would be meeting that bus when they came back to the school after the trip if I had been stuck in Colorado after the thing, and I guarantee you there would be mayhem and I would be in handcuffs in the back of a police car. This is an outrage. 11-year-old daughter and the three of them told to shut up and they can't tell anybody the tranny boy was in there to sleep with them in the same bed with the 11-year-old girl? <laughs> I know, I'm just, my, my head's exploding. This is just, what's going on? Come on, America. Stop this. Stop it. It's not right. 11-year-old. Oh, well, we got to hide. We got to keep the secret 11-year-old so his rights aren't violated. Yeah, Biden's America. There you go. Pete Davis coming up next with Holy Crap and Sports. Thank God we get off of this stupid at 5-13 with a Kimber Pete and By the way, Flounder just sent us a video of that guy running naked in the fish concert. It's freaking hysterical. He's running around and these big burly guys trying to catch him. And they finally grab him by the ankle and drag him off because they don't want to tackle him because he's naked. Anyway, but first, holy crap, it's sports and Pete Davis. Bray's right-handed reliever Kirby Yates has signed a one-year deal with the Rangers. So, oh, well. Kirby, we hardly knew you. Uh, okay. And okay, Ron Washington, your new Angels manager. Yeah. What do you know about Shohei Otani, and when did you know it? Uh-oh. When asked about the Halos' chances of keeping the Japanese superstar, the former Braves third base coach said he couldn't talk because he didn't want to quote uh, let anything out of the bag. Uh, end quote. Uh, I'd be shocked if Shohei stays in Anaheim. The yeah, latest buzz has him looking at Toronto and the. The Dodgers. I also find it hard to believe that he'd go to the Blue Toronto. Jays. No and, way. Yeah. And he will likely get over half a billion dollars with his next contract. Oh, man. Half a billion dollars. You could buy Saskatchewan with that kind of money. <laughs> and Personally, he wouldn't I think go Toronto bu- was, I'm sorry. He, could, he couldn't. He, is, he, is he done pitching? Is he just going to be a hitter? Maybe play first? No, or he's got, he can't pitch for a year because he's having a, yeah. a second Tommy John surgery. So he's got to. But I wonder if he wants to pitch again. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, okay, because so I'm counting on him as a two-way guy. Then I'm assuming for that kind of money. Good lord. Well, after a year or so, yeah. yeah. But, and personally, I think Toronto will soon find itself out of the running for Otani. Yeah. Get it out. Oh, he's that's, that's what it's all about. By the way, if Shohei gets five hundred million dollars, yeah. to put that in perspective, yeah. the Oakland A's spent five hundred million dollars. 
from 2016 to 2023. <laughs> so there. Controversy still swirling about the college football playoff committee's yeah. bizarre voting, yeah. which is secret, by the way. Mm. ESPN's Paul Feinbaum was all over the CFP yesterday saying, this is America, and we need to know how each person voted. Although here in America, we have something yeah. called a secret ballot. Secret ballot, yeah. Checked, but, <laughs> but, well, you got half, anyway. half the idea was right. It was, you know, freedom of uh, information, but still. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones was asked on the Dallas radio station what he thought of the committee's decision. Jones replied, quote, I wouldn't touch that with yours, end quote. <laughs> smart. <laughs> speaking, he's a smart man. Speaking of Feinbaum, fellow ESPN talking head Desmond Howard is taking shots at Paul oh. because Feinbaum dared to pick on Desmond's school, Michigan, saying Paul Feinbaum is a caricature of a caricature of Paul Feinbaum. Oh. Like, that's what he is right now. You can't take anything he says seriously. You just can't. It's like they march him out there, they pull a string in his back, and he just starts spewing negative things about Michigan. <laughs> hmm. Self-aware much, Desi. This is a little much coming from the chief mouthpiece for the University of Michigan who hasn't picked against the Wolverines in yeah. two decades. Yeah, right. <laughs> Talk about not taking somebody seriously. At least Feinbaum knows he's supposed to mix things up and be a clown sometimes. Desmond yeah. doesn't realize he is the clown. If you look around and you're trying yeah. to figure out who the clown is, yeah. it's probably did, you. did he win? He won, well, he won the Heisman, didn't he? Isn't he, he a Heisman win winner? Heisman. Is he a defender? You know, you, know how he, you know how you'll know that? <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> the most watched college football games this season were. Yeah. What do you think the most uh, watched college football game was oh. this year? Oh, wow. Uh, well, probably Alabama... And Georgia? Nope. No? Nope. They were number two. Michigan, Ohio State got 19 oh, million I believe viewers. That. I believe Bama, that. Bama, Georgia was 17 and a half, which, by the way, is 60% increase from last year when UGA destroyed LSU 50 to 30. Wow. So a lot of people wanted to watch it this year. Yeah. Number three was Colorado, Oregon with 10 million. That was a long time ago. Well, yeah, and but Michigan, I, saw, I, watched Iowa, it. I wanted to do Everybody wanted to see that with uh, with uh, what's, uh, the prime time. Yeah. Neon they went 3-0, and and then they went 1-8 yeah. and eight to finish the season, yeah, and they didn't good. even go to yeah. a ball game. It's by over. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 10 million people watched Michigan-Iowa, which means 10 million college football fans were subjected to the Hawkeyes' 1903 <laughs> offense, which did not feature the forward pass. <laughs> I don't think they even teach kids how to throw a football in Iowa. I think they dug up Woody Hayes or something, three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> it looked like the That's old Ohio State days. That. Jeez. And the bloom is not only off the rose in Colorado. The rose has picked up roots and left Boulder. Uh, On top of losing his top three recruits, now Deion Sanders is losing his third assistant coach as the exodus continues away from Coach Prime. In fact, longtime girlfriend has also just entered yeah. the transfer portal. Yeah. They've been together 12 years, yeah. engaged for four I hear the only person still loyal to Coach Prime is the Aflac Duck, but even he has his feathers ruffled and is thinking about moving to State Farm. Wow. Barstool sports owner Dave Portnoy says he's unretiring from gambling and is placing a $1 million bet on Michigan to beat Alabama. His quote on Twitter wow. reads, as a threat to Bama, we're going to have to curb stomp you. Michigan's coming. We're going to have to kill the SEC once and for all. Wow. Now, is he, do is he doing points over under stuff or just win-lose, no, regardless have, of how much the, the gap is? I he wonder. once had to declare bankruptcy because he said of his gambling problem. And yeah. now he's doing it again. Yeah. The Wolverines are a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now, so we'll see. Yeah. Ole Miss is playing in the Chick-fil-A Bowl here in the Benz against Penn State, and Chick-fil-A tweeted, please tell us that Juice Kiffin is coming to Atlanta. Do you know who Juice Kiffin is? 
I do. Well, Lane Kiffin's uh, daughter, maybe, or wife, or I don't know. Close. What? It is his Labrador doggy that has become the darling oh, of the internet. Okay. It, he runs out and gets the uh, the little uh, yeah, tea the every t- time the they kick tea. off and stuff. Yeah, 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 cool. When he feels like it, sometimes he leaves it out there and, you know, plays around. But anyway, <laughs> Juice has his own Twitter account, and he replied, can I get some free Chick-fil-A sandwiches? <laughs> and, and then Lane Kiffin tweeted a pic of when Juice actually stole Lane's Chick-fil-A sandwich and ran off with it earlier this season. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. Go congrats to Bradley Pinion for being mm-hmm. named the founder. Falcons Walter Payton Man of the Year. All season long, he's participated in his initiative, Punts for Purpose, which donates $1,000 to Compassion International every time one of his punts lands inside the 20-yard line. It's aiding and preventing infant mortality in other parts of the world, Hmm. helping the mothers and babies survive the crucial first year of life. Pinion has gathered other punters around the league to join him, and through this week 13, he's raised $20,000 plus just with his punts alone. Mm-hmm. Just his punts, nice. not the other ones combined. Hmm. The team surprised him with the announcement by claiming he needed to attend a seminar on field goals, but instead <laughs> of watching a video of that, the screen filled with the kids of the people he's helped, all of the children thanking him for his efforts, which made him tear up. I'll just a bet bit. there wasn't a dry eye anywhere around there. Uh, by the way, the Falcons' defense is the only team in the NFL this season to not allow a touchdown in back-to-back games. If they only had a wow. quarterback. I was going to say, how come they're having six games? Yeah. yeah, really. The Bengals outlasted the Jaguars and most of America 34-31 to <laughs> in overtime last night in Jacksonville. I gave up on it. I didn't the big it. news was Jags franchise quarterback Trevor Lawrence now has a badly sprained high ankle sprain. Don't know how yeah. long he will be that's, out. That's not, not good. good. No, no, not at all. Could have been worse, though. Yeah. WFAN New York's Tiki Barber fuming. That Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is reluctant to step back in as the team's starter. Well, he's seen them play. Tiki, a former Giants running back, was beside himself over the idea that a player could decline the chance to start for his team, calling it, quote, a puss move, and said the Jets should cut his ass. Well, why didn't he want to play? Because he, because he, no knows they're going to jerk the rug could. back from underneath the beginning. Wow. Plus, he's kind of a spoiled punk, too, I think. I What's guess. It's a shame. Well, Some I mean, we, you got to cut him. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, we have a delay thing going on here, apparently. But, no, go for it. Um, uh, but uh, why, why would they want to keep him on the team? If he says, no, I don't want to play, I don't want to be your quarterback, then get rid of him. Empty his freaking locker. Put it on the driveway. Seriously. How could you have a guy who's a star, former star quarterback, a well-known uh, you know, personality In star college. quarterback? Well, yeah, but still, I mean, the guy, everybody, I mean, I mean, it's not like he's a nobody. and refuses to I didn't get rid of him. Period. Right now. Right. I don't know. You feel God. pretty strongly about that. I, I do. I can't believe it. Some NBA. Okay. <laughs> Some NBA games are to die for, but in this case, maybe a step too far. A fan experienced a medical emergency during the Sacramento home game against the Pelicans uh, last night, and he passed away. They Ooh. could not uh, save him there. Ooh. And uh, maybe he suddenly realized he was in Sacramento, and the shock was too much for him. Which reminds me of when Reggie Theus, born in L.A., was traded from the Chicago Bulls to the Kings. When asked how it was felt to be returning to his home state of California, Reggie responded, let's face it, Sacramento is not California. (laughs) So there. (laughs) I thought you were dead. No, I thought I was dead, too. I was just in Sacramento. (laughs) Ooh. It's Sharks 3, Humans Nothing. Not a weird San Jose hockey score. It's the fact the Sharks have eaten three people in the past month, all of them women. A month ago, a German woman disappeared off the Bahamas after she encountered a shark. 
How do we know this? Did she say, hey, there's a shark down here, and then they couldn't find her anymore? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. what do you mean she disappeared? Yeah, yeah. And just a few days ago in Mexico, a mother was eaten oh. right in front of her five-year-old. Yeah. The mama just saved the little girl. The hungry fish then took her leg off, and she bled to death. Yeah. And now another woman in the Bahamas has died after she either fell or was knocked off her paddleboard and had her right side chomped right oh. in front of her newlywed husband, oh. who, by the way, played the role of Marlon Perkins and didn't seem too keen on jumping right in and fighting the mighty shark to really? save his oh, wife. No, I uh, guess it would have been rather uncouth of him to order a 151 shark bite at the Tiki Bar tonight when oh, he goes back there. Mercy. But they won't say whether she fell or the shark knocked her off the paddleboard. Either way, where or was it, where was this? Hawaii, did you say? Or? It was it was no uh, Bahamas. Bahamas. Oh mercy. Yeah. Wow. And Jim Leland is enjoying being elected into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. He had an interesting quote about managing ball players. Yeah. He said, if you mislead a player, you lose them forever. If you tell them the truth, you lose them for 24 hours. <laughs> Good point. By the way, did you see the picture of when he got the phone call that he was in the Hall of Fame? He was in bed. In the bed. And his wife sitting on the bed, bed with him. <laughs> Well, he, it would have been perfect if he yeah. was if he was smoking. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, without a cigarette, I didn't recognize him. <laughs> he smoked in the I'm dugout, like, I mean, for seriously. God's sakes. Oh, yeah. He was. Funny. Yeah. This date, 1973, Ron Santo. Ah, uh, my buddy. Ron oh, Santo. Yes, oh, no. <laughs> became the first player to invoke the new 10-5 and 5 rule. The Cubs wanted to trade him to the Angels, but he said no. Yeah. And on this date in 2011, he was elected to the Hall of Fame. Well, I won't tell my Ron, Ron Sandoz story with his little this sweet girlfriend that I used to ride horses with. Uh, and when I met him the first time, he was just the pleasant, nicest guy in the world. You wouldn't have known he was a superstar baseball player in Chicago, even, from the Man in the Moon. Wonderful guy. Yeah. Died I'm way sure too glad young. you're not going to tell that story. Well, I didn't want to tell the whole story. Just part of By the way, i got about <laughs> nine more sports things to go through here, Pete, on the Heisman well, winner. Well, we'll do when we come back. It's 531, and we're going to do some more, more sports stuff. And then you're going to hear a Swatum's story about as a teenager having to be, uh, be involved in uh, helping by killing people to save his community and stuff. And uh, one more play of the woman wondering where the women are about this rape business. Coming up, 531 with the Kira Pete. <laughs> All right, we got a whole bunch of breaking stuff coming on right now. It's going to be very exciting next uh, 25 minutes. It's 535 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. And Jimi Hendrix, 1967. This was the day, the final night of their 16-date British package tour. Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, The Move, The Nice, The Outer Limits, The Eerie Apparent, and Amen Corner at the Greens Playhouse in Glasgow. All the performances had two shows a night. The second at 8.45 p.m., Jimi Hendrix had the curtains closed on him halfway through the set after the management of the venue regarded his movements with his guitar as having sexual overtones. What, do you think it was freaking Elvis? 1967, Jimi Hendrix got his show stopped because he was waggling with his... Oh, my Lord. Uh, anyway, a, 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 quick, a, a quick birthday. Brian Backer, I don't know the name. Uh, you may know the guy. Brian Backer is 67. He played Mark the Rat Ratner in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which I don't think I've ever actually seen more than about eight minutes of it uh, for whatever. Anyway, and one um, uh, historical note here. Oh, some, some sad news in the world of love. 2003 on this day, Miss Gwyneth Paltrow uh, married uh, Chris Martin, 
five months before she gave birth to their daughter, named cinnamon-flavored Cheerios Zitsosity. Uh They've since uh, <laughs> consciously uncoupled. I remember they were consciously uncoupling. A uh, famous announcement with their... Chris Martin. Yeah, Chris Martin. A flounder look-alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, He's a, a good-looking gentleman. Oh, well, there you are. Uh, <laughs> we, a, a couple of quick uh, Pete update things, sports things, I because I want to get to them. And then also some breaking news things. And you're going to hear uh, from uh, Stephen A. Smith again later on today. And you're going to hear from that lady talking about uh, the rape business, because we've got to play it once an hour. It's, just, it's really worth it. Okay, Pete Davis, first of all, uh, the winner of the Heisman Trophy, uh, Caleb Williams will not play for USC in the Holiday Bowl because he wants to enter the draft and he doesn't want to get himself hurt. Uh, and I think that's appalling. I can't imagine being a superstar why? football. Well, because you're... Why, oh, you're, why, would, he, why would he injure, risk his entire life to play in a Holiday Bowl? Because he's a football player at college, and they gave him a free ride to go to college, and, they, and they gave him the well, they gave him the opportunity to, be, to make millions Kimmer. and millions of dollars, and he's stiff Kimmer. in the school because he's selfishly saying, Kimmer. "Gee, I don't want to get hurt." What are the chances he's going to ruin his career it, on one okay. game? I'm going to tell you, uh, well, it could be uh, high if someone's going after him. I'm telling you right now, the school made more money off him than he made off that school. Well, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, but again, you know, anyway, uh, I just, I just, I don't like it. And I uh, used to feel the same way you did. I don't anymore. Well, it's, it's too risky. Yeah, I guess that's probably well, especially with NIL. I mean, he's probably got twenty million in the bank right now. In fact, I'd like to know how much money he has right now. I'll bet you he makes a million bucks a year. I'll bet you he's got four million dollars in the bank. Oh, Dr. Pepper probably paid him a buttload. Well, uh, maybe he's got $10 million. So what's he freaking worried about? I put take an insurance policy. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I, I see that. I know. I, I understand it. I just don't like it. And one more. Uh, this is amazing to me. I just want to make sure I got the figures here right. There is a, a baseball player named Jackson Chorio who is a minor leaguer, has never played a day, a game in majors. <laughs> Not one game in the majors. He is, he's 19. 19 years old, he has just signed a contract for the Brewers for $82 million. He's 19, yeah. has never played in the majors. He's never played above double-A more than six games. Uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. He's the first player in their franchise history, obviously, to be selected the organization's yeah. minor league player of the year twice. And they can't make a mistake either. They're a small, small market. They can't make a mistake like a, this. If they blow this, oh, they're doomed. It's an eight-year deal worth eighty-two million by ten million dollars a year for a nineteen-year-old. He could go either anywhere direction at nineteen. He'd probably, he'd probably be a great player, but holy well, cow! At least the Braves let you know Michael Harris the third play a little bit before they signed yeah. him to the contract, yeah. I, and I agree to that. But the, yeah. this is taking a chance for the Brewers. It, it is. really is. Uh, a couple more quick things on sports. I don't want to bedraggle this for people who don't particularly like sports. Uh, famous rapist and throat-slashing butcher O.J. Simpson got away with it all so far <laughs> his entire life until this day in 2008 when he got some justice. O.J. sentenced to 33 years in prison for the robbery of memorabilia dealers in the Vegas thing. And it was all, that was 2008 on the same same day in 1968, O.J. won the Heisman, which is funny. He won the Heisman the same day he went to prison, finally. Um, <laughs> in uh, Williamsburg, Pennsylvania, uh, Virginia. Oh, no, that's the wrong thing. Uh, here it is, 1908 uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. For the first time, college football players wore numbers on their jerseys. 
1908. And uh, birthdays real quick. Art Monk, college and pro Hall of Famer. Art Monk, 66. Christian Yelich, baseball player, 32. I think he's still playing. Uh, Jim Plunkett, college Hall of Famer. Played with the uh, Oakland Raiders for many years. Jim Plunkett is 76. And I'll never forget, uh, he used to uh, uh, was bewildered uh, by the way the reporters would interview him. And I'll never, I, I think I may have gotten the facts wrong here. Pete will correct me. But I, I, the, the, the reporter asked him something like this. Uh, so tell me, Jim Plunkett, tell me, Jim, is it your wife, uh, is it your mother who's blind and your father who's deaf or the other way around? Or something like that, because one of them is deaf and one's blind. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, talk about an awkward question. Uh, uh, And one more birthday, Lanny Watkins is 74. So there you go. Anyway, those are all my sports things. Um, uh, uh, Let's see. What the hell? Oh, a breaking news thing. Uh, A couple things. Pete Davis uh, just sent this in. Uh, I think you said, oh, uh, or was that flying? No, this is Pete. The House Judiciary Committee, I'm waiting for my phone to open up. The House Judiciary Committee is launching an investigation into Fulton County Disgrace District Attorney Fanny Chicken Liver Willis for colluding with a January 6th committee. They discovered a letter between the disgraced Willis and the Chairman Benny Thompson. We have learned their office coordinated its investigative actions with a partisan select committee. And now they're going to be investigating the corrupt Fanny Chicken Liver from the Fulton County DA's office, who has been charging all those people with Al Capone-style racketeering and RICO invasions, investigations and stuff. Well, they're going to get her investigation. And then Flounder passes along, just breaking here today. They're having a Title IX ma- meeting. In fact, who's that hot little blonde girl who used to be the, uh, 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 oh, uh, what the hell's her name, who testifies all the time? She has her Riley own. Gaines. Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines. Uh, she was testifying today. Well, also at the National Women's Law Center, President Fatima Goss Graves, the liberal witness at the Title IX hearing today, says female athletes. Do we have the audio of this, I wonder? Yes, I do. Okay, let's play here. She's the uh, president of the National Women's Law Center. Here's what she says about trannies uh, playing girls sports. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully hopefully and often they learn to win with dignity hopefully um they learn to do the sort of work that means you have higher grades and stay connected to school i want every kid to have that chance to have the chance to play she she says female athletes should learn to lose gracefully to biological men you heard the words they should learn. Female athletes should learn to lose gracefully. She is openly shilling Jesus. for her own replacement of women. I mean, this is unbelievable. In fact, in fact, now, uh, well, let's, well, we got, we got told. Uh, do we break here? or Do we want to play the lady from uh, Newsweek? That I play every hour. We can play her now. Let's do that. This is incri- this is once again uh, <laughs> hard to believe. 
uh, talking about the rapes by the Hamas butchers against the, the Jewish women and so forth. Uh, this woman is named uh, Batya Ungar Sargon. She is the deputy opinion editor of Newsweek and a former well-known Jewish activist for uh, Jewish uh, 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 publications. And she has this to say about the lack of, uh, of decency in reaction to what's happening with the issue of rape. I want to make sure your audience understands what we just witnessed with Pramila Jayapal's interview because it is part of a, it's a microcosm of something much, much larger, which is this, Leland. The same people who for six years have told us that every man who flirts with a co-worker should be chased out of public life. The same people who replaced due process with believe all women. These same people and organizations, when presented with evidence of the mass rape of Israeli women, suddenly turned around and said, we need more context, we need more evidence. Who's to say? They took their standard of believe all women and flipped it on a dime to don't even believe the men who are bragging about mass rapes the minute the victims were Jews. That line, they don't even believe the men who are bragging about the rapes as soon as they learn that the victims were Jews. Why would you vote Democrat, ladies? Honest to God, you're living it right here. How can you vote for these people? 546 for the camera, Pete and Flounder. <laughs> I was alone, I took a ride, I didn't know what I would find there. It's the Beatles! <laughs> the real old Beatles, sort of. 1960, Paul McCartney and Pete Best were arrested for pinning a condom to a brick wall and then setting it on fire. They were told to leave Germany and never come back, so, <laughs> so they left <laughs> I don't know why. Do we know why they did it? It, it was just a stunt? Why were they? I mean, who would it say, hey, I got uh, a condom here. Let's set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, probably. Little John Bradley Corner. was involved. Was probably involved there. <laughs> uh, 551. All right, let's do a, a couple quick things here. Um, we're going to hear a, a, a conversation we had earlier. Swatum called in and talked about how we're talking about Hamas and terrorism and so forth and how we Americans, after all these people who are supporting Hamas and afraid to condemn uh, Hamas and you want to treat everybody nicely. And, and he's going to react to that because you grew up as a teenager uh, worried about being killed and killing people. And you'll hear that conversation here shortly in just a minute. First of all, John Kerry was in Dubai over the weekend uh, talking about energy and wind energy, and apparently he had a little wind energy of himself. Listen to what he was doing, cutting the cheese during his speech. Can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Mm. And, and the reality <laughs> is that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> John Kerry, the energy expert, wind farm. Babe. Anyway, 552. Swatum telling us about growing Wait a minute, up. he's trying to get rid of cows. Oh, well, good point. Swatum. Uh, yeah, he's doing a wonderful job of it, too, one at a time, apparently. Uh, Swatum told us about growing up as a kid, as a 14-year-old, and being forced to be part of killing and uh, watching people get killed as well. Well, the problem with the Western countries, or United States in particular, yeah. in England, it's everybody, like mid Middle East countries, I'm Muslim, I don't know if you remember that or not, yeah. but we know like terrorists, 
But you guys over here in America and the Western countries, they embrace them because they want to be all nice to everybody. Yeah. And one thing that Americans don't get, you cannot be nice to animals. Yeah. I mean, you have to be, you have to act as animals to show them that you are the boss. Otherwise, they will eat you. Yeah, give war a chance. I did a whole series of, uh, of, of clothing items I sold. Give war a chance. For exa- Hell, you went through it, Swatum. You came here because of what yes. the hell was going on. You had to escape all that stuff. You know, you lived yes. this. You went through this. I mean, I, I had to act crazy because the crazy people around me wanted to kill me. And they knew if I do, if, if they do something, I might kill them before they kill me. I tell you, it's it's a hell of a way to live. I mean, and we're talking families here. You're, I mean, you're not a you're not a professional military assassin. You're just a guy, you know. And all of a sudden, you're worried was, about being killed. Yeah, My God, I was 14 years old when I learned how to kill people. Wow. And you know that, and the, the skill I still have it. And people say killing is uh, uh, easy, whatever. But yeah, killing is easy. But living with your with uh, Look on the people's eyes that you killed. It's how that they find you. That's what PTSD come from, because you see the stuff that you don't supposed to do, and if you don't justify what you did, you go crazy or you go, you know, you just have PTSD pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, does it help you to? Do you want to talk about that? Does it help you to yeah, that? I mean, I mean, this, the the reason I did stuff what I did, it's I had the reason. I protected my family. I had the. I, I did it for good. I did it for you know for the better of the world, for the you know God and everybody else. I didn't just do it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. Do, do you want to you, talk you about what you happened? Know, if, if if you like killing people, you are a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. You, hey. You're supposed to like that kind of stuff. That's why the, you know. But what can I say? I mean, like I said, if you want to. Uh, Control terrorists. You have to be like terrorists. You have to be really vicious to them. Otherwise, they will not respect you. They will pretty much, at the end of the day, they will come after you. And you know, like uh, Hamas stuff in Palestine. When Palestine the, the elected Hamas, I don't know if you know that. Uh, they went out and they killed everybody, or the, pretty much forced everybody who did not like them. To, uh, to, I mean, to uh, they execute them. Yeah. So pretty much anybody who hated Hamas was dead after that, and that's why they kept staying in power. They didn't keep staying in power because of democracy. They kept staying in power because their secret police pretty much was taking everybody out, and the ones who who hated them, they just had to adjust, say like, "Yeah, we are for Hamas." So, uh, uh, by the way, for, yeah, uh, for for those, uh, there may be uh, people who are new to the show and, and don't know you, and we've talked many times before. Um, can you give a quick description of where you're where you're talking uh, about and what happened to you in, I, in Bosnia? I, I, I came from Bosnia and Herzegovina, the old Yugoslavia war. Yeah. Uh, the pretty much the reason uh, the war started it's they came we don't have we don't have the the second amendment and stuff so they came they took the guns in 1990s military took all the guns from every single household because this way they can protect us from starting bs two years later there was a concentration park uh camps everywhere and when somebody comes to you and tell you hey you kill the chicken, I'll kill you. You kill the cow, I'll kill your entire family. And if you kill one of us, we're going to kill a slaughter 10,000 people right there and then. So, and what happened to you? 
Bob it to me? Yeah. If you want to. Uh, I like, uh, I mean, I just became uh, silent. I kept my eyes down, and uh, I became most dangerous man yeah. in, the, in the world. I mean, I was taught, like I said, how to kill at age 14, how to sabotage, and how to uh, slow down the uh, enemy military. So the... Like we, like I said, we were taught to to save the civilians, older people, and the kids from being killed. And because nobody would suspect the kids, yeah, wow. we would be able to sneak by and sabotage anything that needs to be sabotaged. And I'm not talking about like explosion. I'm talking about just plain old sugar in those uh, the gas uh, tanks and stuff. Gas tanks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's also bridge sabotage. I mean, like. The war ended, I mean, looters were, I mean, the reason war was successful, it's because people, military, would, every city, town, or village they captured, they would loot. And once, they, once the Muslims and Croatians and Christians realized that they booby-trapped one of the richest the small towns in Bosnia, and in that town, 10,000 soldiers, of Serbia soldiers, died because they were, uh, they were, everything was booby-trapped. And after that, they didn't have morale to steal anymore. And once you don't have morale to go for it, the war just went uh, pretty much to the end. And uh, luckily for me, they came to my town and they said, like, hey, you have two options. You want to die or you want to leave? So my father had to make choice. And here we are right here in the beautiful America. And it's my new country. And if I need it, I'll die for it. And I try to educate people, but uh, it's really hard. I mean, I tell people, like, I'm Muslim, and they're like, you have Russian accent. You're not Muslim, you're Russian. And I'm like, dude, that the Russia is country, Muslim is religion. And yeah. they just pretty much walk away. Yeah. You cannot reason with crazy people, but if you get crazy into their face, they will leave you alone. <laughs> yes, they will. Swatum, uh, what a what a pleasure talking to him. Uh, great to have him aboard with us for sure. You know, it's 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 the people who come here because they want to be here. They come for the right reasons, and they do it the right way. And, and they they sign the book, and they teach us all a lesson. God bless America. Hoorah, Semper Fi, I gotta go. You're killing me, Pete and Flounder. No, only the camera. Hoorah! Look out. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Herp and herp. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. 
Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.